All right. Are we ready to complain about some northern weather in the blight? I am. Okay. So my parents were out here for September. Okay. Um, and into yeah, it was really and nice. Into October. Yeah. Oh, when we had beautiful, like, lovely fall. Epic fall. Yeah. 25 degrees Celsius. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. It's Change lovely. your fucking system. It's lovely. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it was stunning. Like, best weather we've ever had in the fall. There were pretty leaves. I can't even imagine what the Edmonton River Valley looked like. Gorgeous. I'm sure it was putting best on a thing show. Mm-hmm. You've ever seen. Yep. Um, but, like, what in the actual fuck happened following their departure (laughs) and following like my weekend in Kelowna, which is Canadian wine country and it's beautiful and stunning and happy. I came home, Halloween happened. And then the next next day, day, winter, we're we're living on fucking Hoff. It's winter. Yeah. Well, I got to say, I appreciate, I appreciate that the weather held for Halloween because Halloween (laughs) with snowsuits is just the worst because (laughs) it's terrible. You can't do a good costume (laughs) in snowsuits. Yeah. I mean, I still did, like, I still put my daughter in her little snowsuit and then put her under, um, she was an Ewok. Nice. <laughs> so I put her in, like, the little Ewok costume the snowsuit with is her the snowsuit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's smart. And I was like, it's perfect. Like, I am the best mother in the world. <laughs> I was also Princess Leia, so, like, eh. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Maybe not the best. No, okay. lovely. I love it. Sorry, Ben Solo. Um <laughs> <laughs> what did your two kiddos go as? We were, not we, they were. Yeah, yeah. Well, we had an outfit change for, <laughs> for Lila. Because yeah. she was Minnie Mouse at school. And then for the outside, she was a bumblebee. Because that was a much warmer <laughs> costume. And then Hayden was just Spider-Man all day. Yeah. But yeah. he wouldn't wear the mask, so. No. He was like Peter Parker in the yeah. outfit. <laughs> yeah. How old's Hayden? Oh, Hayden is four. Yeah. Mm. Four and a half. Four and a half. Four and a half. Oh, yeah, see? Yeah. You're still doing the half thing. Count it in months. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 50, <laughs> 54. Something, something like that, yeah. Uh, all right, well, I guess we're not really here to talk about the Canadian weather. All the snow. Oh, yeah, you said it, it but like I don't right think now. anybody... Because usually yes. we get snow, then it melts a little bit, and then it comes like mm-hmm. in yeah. halfway through November, almost December, almost sometimes, but mm-hmm. like it's just we have... No, it's the it's winter. It's so winter, yeah. It is the depths of winter. It's, it's almost like this is worse than the winter. Aside from that cold snap in December last year, yeah. Yeah. this is worse than the entirety yeah. of it's the winter so that we had in 2022. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's shitty snow. Like, I mean, at least it is down here. Like, you can't make a snowball. No, it, it's, yeah, just, it's super dry. It's dry. powdery. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Our kids are like, I want to make a snowman. It's, it's like, like, well, you can't. We Good can't. fucking luck. <laughs> <laughs> just get the hose out. Winers, yeah. get the hose out. <laughs> yeah, speaking of which, is the hose still attached to no, the No, 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 that's done. <laughs> We're good. That was so September. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Maybe October 1st. Who's to say? No, I just did it last week here. Well, fuck you, Ontario. <laughs> right? <laughs> You and your 20 degrees Celsius weather can suck it. Right now it's negative 20 degrees Celsius. Yeah, so. it's so yeah, it's so cold. We've dipped down to six. Hmm. There is a cold weather alert for like minus 30 overnight, possibly. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. We like to have fun here. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah, of course, we're not here to talk about the Canadian weather, although we could talk about it for hours on end because there are four Canadians in the room. Lovely. <laughs> Welcome to Feather and Mountain Podcast, Season 2, Episode 10. I am your host, Delusions of Grendel. With me, as always, is Greyhame Confusion. Greyhame, how you doing? Doing pretty good, as long as you can hear me and, you know, see me and I can hear you. I'm really happy about that. It's good. It's good things all around. Uh, as you may know, if you've listened to us before, I am a longtime Wheel of Time reader, have been reading the series for well over 20 years. Graham Confusion has read the first book and the first book only, and it was during COVID, so we don't count it like we do for most of that two-year period. Uh, tonight, <laughs> I also have the extreme pleasure of introducing Danny and Brett from Wheel Weaves podcast. Woo-hoo. Danny and Brett, how are you doing? Yeah. So good. <laughs> so excited for our debut appearance. Yeah, very exciting for this, especially for this episode. Like, yeah. it was a good one. Yeah, yeah. So, of course, um, we've been there. We went through Rings of Power. We kind of fell off the bandwagon when uh, the show came out. I blame um, the eviction of a crop goblin. But who is to say, right? Really, not why these things no. happen? Oh, never! We would never blame that. <laughs> blame her. Yeah, uh, it's a get out of jail. It's an excuse you can use forever. I am not referring <laughs> to my granddaughter as a crotch goblin ever. So, <laughs> okay. You know, well, now fair. I have that's a fair. Halloween costume for next year. <laughs> Uh, So we are back a year later to talk about The Wheel of Time on Amazon Prime as part of a rewatch. This week, we are talking about episode two, Shadows Waiting. That's right. On first watch for me, because this came out in a block of three. That's right. So on first watch for me, I don't know if it packed as powerful of a punch as it now does when I watch it as a standalone episode. Ooh, yeah. Um, so, like, your thoughts, jump in, shadows waiting, overall impression, what's your takeaway from this absolute fucking banger of an episode? Right. Well, I have a touch, a tiny bone to pick with you. Oh. <laughs> because when you first pick reached it? out to say... We want to do a rewatch podcast. <laughs> I didn't read rewatch, and I just saw you say we're gonna go over episode two, and I thought, what it the was heck did I two, miss? Episode two. Is it drop? <laughs> is season two dropping? <laughs> what is going on? And then I actually read the message. Mm. So okay. Uh, Surprise! I know more than Rafe, right? <laughs> and apparently, right. the entire like, Amazon what? marketing team. Yeah, it's a new marketing strategy. Just like, don't tell anybody about the show, and then just release it. <laughs> it's the, don't it's tell the Beyonce. You know what? TV Maybe shows. it's a, yeah. That's what the the famous artists do, right? Right. Like, that's a thing. No, but I'm into the rewatch. Yeah, it's super cool. Brett and I watched it again last night, and then I went today and I watched our recap. Oh man, okay. Mm. Because we did a recap like review immediately after we watched it. Mm -hmm. And so I went back and listened to my initial reactions. They haven't changed very much. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And we, the way we watched it, because it did come out in three, but we watched the first episode and the second episode in the first night. And then the third episode, the next night. Hmm. There's just probably too much. You left on that cliffhanger yeah, of we Naive did. Yeah. with the knife? Yeah. 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 Because we were recording in between 
because we watched the first episode and then recorded, and then watched okay. the second episode and then recorded, and then it was so late. Wasn't that the messiness with <laughs> like, the was like the Thursday night review when it was supposed and we to be thought Friday? It was going to be the Friday. <laughs> it was a whole thing. I remember because when we were doing, it, everyone was like going crazy. Yeah. On yeah, Twitter, six trying o'clock to figure on out, Thursday night. <laughs> yeah. When is it actually releasing? Because for months, months we had planned Friday, Friday, the Friday, Friday, and like the day of, I'm pretty sure. But it was, it was like midnight in the UK. Yeah. That's GMT, what it went I by, is the... which was like 5 p.m. our time the Thursday. Canada should be the center of everything. So what are we doing? <laughs> it should go by North Pole time. Yeah. <laughs> right. But so... episode two. Mm-hmm. I, so, okay. I'm a super big, gigantic fan of the TV show. And I was okay. back then. And I still am now. Uh, yes. I've waited years and years and years for this to become a thing. And I was delighted with the way everything happened and i remember this episode as just being a killer episode with tons of cool twists and you know additions to the storyline so super fun. yeah certainly that we as like longtime readers had never seen like that cold open and we'll get into it we'll get into into the specifics yeah, yeah. but that cold open i remember watching that and just going Oh. oh shit, Toto! We're not in Kansas no. anymore, yeah. and I am okay with this. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. I am a first-time reader. I'm not done the series yet. I'm in book nine. Um, oh, you're in you're in Winter's Heart. Yeah, now. which yeah. is very fitting. Okay. We just started Winter's Heart at the beginning of this month, and then yeah. like literally a storm rolled in. So that might have something to do with it. Super cool. Super cool. But anyway, so that's where I am, and I really do think that that informs the way I watch the show because for me none of these characters have a finite ending for the most part like all of their storylines are still open-ended for me mostly right and so in watching this when storylines diverted from the book series it didn't really matter to me because they still felt like the characters and it felt like well this could possibly happen like I feel like I'm still relatively open-minded when it comes to that sort of thing. And so changes and that sort of thing didn't really. Yeah. See, that's interesting. And, and Graham, you can probably chime in on this more than I can. But my mom, when she started watching this show, she had read the first, I think, three books at this point time, possibly up through Shadow Rising, although she has like such vague recollection of anything that happened. <laughs> um, she doesn't remember chapters 24 and 25 of Shadow Rising, and I will say no more about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know. Okay. Uh, but she, anyway, while she was watching it, part of her frustration, because we got to watch these episodes together last year, part of her frustration was that she, it wasn't matching the book. It wasn't happening the way that it happened in the book. And she was a little bit annoyed by that because she'd read the book she was waiting for certain events to happen and then they weren't happening that way and like me as someone who'd been reading the books for like over two decades i was like well yeah but the themes yeah Yeah. it feels like the wheel of time universe (laughs) like (laughs) yeah Yeah. but graham i don't know especially you as someone who had you know red eye of the world where you don't really get a huge grasp of characters outside of like the 90 percent rand pov if there were like changes to the characters if you were as impacted well um, i was just gonna especially say while as, watching this one as a first time <clears throat> first time watcher and then even on the rewatch um the hardest thing i had the first time i watched it was rand is a suck in the tv show right he's <laughs> a whiny little 
bitch and he just gets everything makes him all huffy and puffy and it's not like that in the book at all in the book he he's not a hero but he's certainly a lot braver and he faces things straight on but in the tv show it's like no you gotta do your own thing and not look after me what's going on and i saw that in in the episode too so the first time i watched it through i was still like oh come on ran grow a backbone man like you gotta you know, got to step up a little bit. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever wa- ever read the White Gold Wielder series, Thomas Covenant. It was sort of a when I was younger than you, it was sort of a, a thing. But anyway, he, he it was the reluctant hero, but he was a he was a whiny bitch, and the um, <laughs> that's what Rand's coming across as. Now I can see other stuff happening. So like at the end of episode two, he kicks the window grate out. He jumps out with Matt. And then, but then Matt takes control and not Rand. And that was the stuff that was frustrating the crap out of me. Going back to Nadge, though, mom's code, uh, code word. That's a long time story. You have to listen to our first couple of takes in season two. Um, she, uh, she had the same issue with Game of Thrones. She loved the season one of Game of Thrones and could not even watch the finish of season two of Game of Thrones because they changed the thing so much, right? So, uh, I, I'm not that literal in the, in the take, and I didn't right. really, like I, the, the whole uh, cold open with the white cloaks. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know where it was coming from, but I liked it. I loved the little, you know, eating that bird thing that made his mouth bleed and stuff like that. That, that was pretty yeah, gross. That was pretty mm-hmm. cool. <laughs> yeah. uh, burning of the yellow eyes, said I, cutting her hands off, she can't do anything, adding to the rings. All that stuff to me was really cool, but I didn't have any clue on where it came from, right? So it was like, uh, I don't know what this is about, but it's kind of nifty. And I found the other the other stuff. The rest of the show, I found followed the book really fast again. Like it just like because I think it took us like twenty three up chapters for them to get out of uh, two rivers in the book, right? And then you kind of go along and they 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 hit their struggles. So sure. in any fantasy, there's always a separation of the quest, right? So part of the quest breaks off right. and goes the in. hero's journey, yeah. Th- thanks, Tolkien, for messing up everybody's life, but that's okay. We get it. Anyway, uh, so I knew at some point that would happen. I just thought episode two was was really fast, and I think that was way faster than the books. I get it. They only have so many episodes they got to cram everything into, and all the fun stuff happens once they separate, right? So um, I think after watching the first two episodes again, it's sort of like, okay, we've covered a lot of ground. Let's... Uh, Let's start learning a bit more about these characters is kind of where I'm, I'm at right now. But generally, I, I like episode two for the most part. I thought there was some really cool scenes. I thought the pacing was better than episode one, which was even faster in t- covering ground than episode two. Um, uh, anything on that? Uh, and, and I would just say uh, better development. And yeah, I'm still, I know, I know Rand comes around because I did watch the season all the way through. Uh, these first few episodes, I just didn't like, I don't know if it was the direction or what, I just don't like the way he's coming across. He's just not... Did you just say you didn't watch the season all the way through? I have. I have. Oh, you have? I haven't haven't watched it since... He's he's come around to, like, Yosha. I haven't haven't watched it, though, since we finished watching it last January? Did it wrap up in January or February? It ended in December. 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 Okay. I haven't watched it since then. I think we might have had a a quick rewatch over New Year's. Since that point, I haven't watched it again. So it's it's kind of cool watching it with fresh eyes. Uh, just just uh, in regards to Rand, because I, I've heard the criticism f- a few times about the pacing of season one. And it's actually one of the things that I actually really like, because 
it, when I rewatch uh, and when I first watch it, but especially on rewatches because I get to dig a little bit more into it, I find that uh, the pacing of season one is actually pretty similar in book one. Uh, I, the world is kind of like it's a unique book in the series because it is like 90% from Rand's perspective. Uh, and the one of the biggest difference I, I find in the book to the TV show is that in the books, Rand is younger, right? He's 18, he's fresh. Egwene and Rand's relationship in book one isn't very developed at all. No, and it's like, quite yeah, juvenile. Having, having it's sex juvenile. in the bar right in episode one, that, that yeah. might be three, that, four. No one like, could ever have sex in the two yeah. rivers. Well, I mean, that's not the thing. In, in the books, the two rivers is like hyper concerned <laughs> Conservative value, small town vibe, and we get that. Then you will literally thing. thump your ass to exactly. the altar. And if it's she like if you go and do that, then we're gonna go marry you right now. Like super small town conservative vibes on that. But then in the TV show, they have to do things like age up the characters. They have to advance the relationship between Rand and Egwene more than was in the book. So so if, that it matters and it's meaningful. Yeah, to us and, and because when, they're older, so yeah. like no, of course they're not starting well, a relationship older, when they're, right? 20, they're twenty. So uh, yeah. the the advancement in the relationship kind of. It, they, he has to be a little bit more heartbroken than he is in Eye of the World when they essentially say, I'm not for you, you're not for me. Right. <clears throat> they like high five each other and be like, a little good bit. show. But also Rand does the whiny thing where it's like, I thought Rand, we were I gonna, actually thought in the book was very whiny. I found <laughs> okay. him so annoying in the books. Yeah. I mean, and that's just like a difference in opinion of reading it, I suppose. Like well, there's different things. I've only on that, read like, it once and I, I read, I would have read it last October. So, uh, yeah. Right. So, I mean, in, in the books, like uh, Rand does have a little bit of a harder time letting go of Egwene than Egwene has of letting go of Rand. Yeah. I'd Typical. say pretty, pretty hard on that side. Yeah. So it makes sense in my mind when I see Rand being like kind of angry, like that, that, that checks out with me for what right. Rand would do. And like. Also, again, you know, like I said in our last episode, but again, like this is a boy who's had like his hopes and dreams. His entire life has been like house, wife, yeah. kids. Running through Egwene the woods. has been that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> seriously. Egwene has been that person in his life since he was like five years old. And then overnight, he's supposed to be like, well, guess that's done with and like be mature about it. Yeah, and, right. Like, yeah. <laughs> have have the you know emotional fortitude yeah. to articulate so are you saying thoughts? that Egwene was way more calculating and she had this plan for a long time and oh, she's 100%. just kind of broken Egwene 100% well, no she don't want no kids Egwene who goes to Rand to be like Nynaeve wants me for an apprentice that this isn't the first time she's heard of that before and yeah. she knows that wisdoms don't take husbands. and she lays it on him soft in the show like yeah. she lays it on super soft like oh I haven't actually made a decision yet She's and he's made a like, decision. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. like it does. But in, in this episode, in episode two, because a lot of that stuff I think was from episode one. It was, yeah. Um, but <laughs> like the ramifications of that in episode two, when he's a little bit more, we get to see him lash out because now he's in like the anger yes. stage of his, what is <laughs> the... the He's, After yanking a bat out of his yeah. mouth, suddenly he's really upset about things. <laughs> yeah, he didn't he's like get a grieving the sleep. relationship. It's just like his stages of grief. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt because it, they aren't the same characters as in the book. Because again, trying to appeal to a mass audience. I mean, having these guys at 18 and 16, because like a Gwen's supposed to be 16, but they age them up a couple years, kind of makes sense yeah. that they're acting the way they're acting. Well, and also I do think that there is an aspect to the fact that we don't know 
who the Dragon Reborn is yet. And I think making Rand a little whinier, a little more crybaby, a little less taking charge, like when you said Matt takes charge um, getting out of Shatter Logoth, I think that that's purposeful so that we don't immediately know that Rand is the main character. That's supposed to be a mystery. Yeah, and it was never hidden in the books. Like, right. it, it's... it's in my opinion, it's not supposed True. to be a secret in either world. Like Rand's the main character because yeah. you only get to see Rand. Why wouldn't he be right. the guy? But in so, a TV show, right. yeah, yeah, where the and, and yeah, I mean they, that they was that was the whole big thing too. Pretty good. I, I agree. They they are balancing the characters out for the most part pretty well. Although Nynaeve hasn't yeah. had a lot of uh, screen time. Just one big oomph yeah. in episode two. Episode but. episode three cold open is coming, my friend. <laughs> I know. I want to be back for that, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. we'll get a little bit of it at the end. So Yeah. A little a little bit. <laughs> and taste. then Nynaeve episode um, four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, Come I mean on. and pacing pacing too, like coming out of the like uh, coming out of the two rivers in the book, it happens so fast. It does. It's like what chapter seven I mean, or something. Weep, six. Weep for Manetherin is chapter nine, and then okay. they're gone after. Yeah, that. they're like so fast. They're just like let's bounce. So I mean, yeah, sure, getting the Shatter Logoth uh, relatively quick, but we, that the we issue did get with to Ida find Logoth, out what everyone's ho- who everyone's horse was though before they left, right, which was a very that. important. So yeah. whose horse? Whose horse got grabbed by the shadow? Was that Matt's horse? Yeah, who knows? I, mean, I don't. I didn't even track that because, like, we never got names. Is it like? I don't know. <laughs> I, I didn't I even did. hear a single mention I, of Cloud. I I did <laughs> right? stop it. I stopped the thing a couple of times to see if it would give a character name. So you know, when mm. Amber Eyes comes up, I wanted to see if they actually gave it a name because I have never read that far, so I don't know what he's called other than the bad guy. Um, mm. So okay. I stopped. Amber Eyes. I like there. that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what they, they described him at in episode two. Yep. Just that oh, black yeah. figure with the amber eyes, that's and right. then or eyes like embers, uh, and then. Yeah. Um, uh, the other other one was when the horse was going. I, was, I hit the freeze frame for the X-ray to see if they would give me the horse's name, but they they didn't. <laughs> and they didn't. <laughs> no, uh, Egwene. You know, we we haven't heard Mandarb. We haven't heard Aldeeb. Nope, we Bella. only heard Bella once. Bella once. And I was like, uh, by yeah, not, that is yeah by a Egwene, not by uh, not by Rand yes. as well. Right? Yeah, that's no. right. No, but you know what? A couple of those horses die in that river, escaping Shatter Logoth in the Quite books. Quite possibly, they, they yeah. didn't so, come know that, the fate no. of all horses. Mm, just, just casualties. Well, yeah. they're gone. Yeah, I mean, they're, I gone. The they're world, all like, gone after Shadar Logoth anyway. <laughs> they didn't use the horses, man. They used a log. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about that upside down canoe. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, I the world's an interesting <laughs> book in itself, just because there is there's there's a lot of cuttable stuff that. Even me as a reader, like, I'm cool with them cutting a lot. Like, with their fleeing from the two rivers in the books, we get the whole Moraine with the firewall, and they have that little skirmish with the Trollocs, and I think Matt gets yanked off a horse with oh, one of those like, horse you nooses. Mean right before yeah. they yeah, get to Shadow before they, So, it's like, there is stuff that can be cut because it's like we're just kind of doubling down on fight scenes, and then as a TV show, right. I get it. Let's just skip to, like, the big... But the cool thing, what I really like up until now, I feel like they've hit all the major plot points... In okay. so far, all the important plot points, so they far. hit them. Yeah, I was I was really happy, like I said, with this episode. Um, and the more I see it on rewatch and the more I don't immediately just start binging the next episode and it's not like leading from episode one into this one, the more time I just spend watching episode two as it was like written, directed, meant to be seen. Right. I enjoy it so much, especially the Matt moments, which should not be a surprise to anyone. <laughs> I love Matt. Yeah. I love Matt I so love Matt. much. 
Um, but let's dive into the episode a little bit. Okay. So typically the way we do this is we break it down by like plots. Yeah, sure. But there are no distinguishing plots. Well, we, you got the this. white cloaks and then you've got... So we're going to start, start with start Valda with and then we're going to go to before Shadar Logoth and then in Shadar Logoth. And that's that's what I got for and plot And then Nynaeve shows up and that's a plot. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that sounds good to me. They didn't know. They didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so because this is a rewatch, we will be talking spoilers from the whole season one. We will be avoiding book spoilers because we've got a never reader and a first time reader on um, book nine. Book so nine. We can talk She's way ahead. <laughs> So I've never heard reference. anybody yeah. say that about me before. <laughs> For book, She's are we winning. talking about book one, though? Is that we can talk about book one? I think okay. because it's rewatched. I feel it's like been we've talked year. about it quite a bit already. Yeah, I, I feel just bad. Uh, otherwise, I'm going to have to cut everything. That's <laughs> <laughs> too yeah. much for and my. They go beyond skills. book one in, in the show anyway, right? They go. They touch on different things and different themes. So yeah, the show opens with, I actually don't know how to rank the cold opens from season one. I have so much fun with every episode. Um, Episode two, Shadows Waiting Cold Open really stands out to me though, because we have um, that tiny little child servant bringing a bird to... His squire is out there. What he really uh, is probably is they probably killed his mom. <laughs> Definitely, and that. he's just now their oh, servant. Okay, that's probably they, he, what they have nowhere else for him. Yeah, <laughs> it's childborn. <laughs> <laughs> that's Dane. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought of all of the casting choices they made. That was bad. Having a little um, Indian okay, kid so, carrying a serving tray. I mean, how 1940s Hollywood could that little uh, character casting be? I thought, I liked most of their other ones. was like, wow. Yeah. So the issue of colorism itself um, is something, I mean, we're all very pasty white fucks in this conversation. Getting pastier um, by the day, thanks winter, right? <laughs> getting yeah. pastier. Um, the issue of colorism, I don't want to speak on too much. Um, Nynaeve's wife uh so sorry cat uh on the queers of time podcast which is the full spoiler podcast she has a really 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 excellent discussion about colorism in the wheel of time she is um self uh, described as a dark-skinned black woman um from toronto hey mm. canada <laughs> we coming for you um but she has a really excellent um, discussion about colorism in the Wheel of Time and why casting uh, actors of very dark skin, think Padden Fane, yeah. think Eamon Valda, comes down to just casting very dark skinned actors in um, the role of the villain and lighter skinned while still being um, not white. Uh, so mm. um, people of color, lighter skinned people of color as like the heroines and stuff that's still playing into issues of colorism. And so that's, again, I'm I'm not qualified to speak on this. I can only recommend and refer great resources to people who are. Um, and so Kat on the Queers of Time podcast, I'll link their episode. It is full spoilers. Yeah, uh, awesome. But she has a very, very excellent conversation about that. And yes, having a little Indian servant boy or East Asian servant boy serve the bird to a very dark skinned villain. Um, it's not great optics, uh, but we're here. And Iman Valda himself is... Incredible as an actor. Why are you calling him a villain? 
What? <laughs> oh my God! I side with Eamon Valda. He's and you know the actor. You know I'm, I'm staring Amy. at him, going, "Well, I, I really love, love actually, actually baby. love actually that." And you're doing that, and then you're doing. This I don't know if I've seen that movie. Oh my gosh! I, I have okay, no idea. because it's Christmas now. Tomorrow night. Yeah, that's right. Watch Love Actually. Is he as evil in Love Actually? <laughs> no, no, he's no, delightful, he's... and he gets to hook up with um, who is it? Denise Richards. Oh, okay, that, yeah, like, super hot. Yeah, yeah. Does, yeah, that's where I know her from. <laughs> Spoilers. Spoilers for Love Actually. Yeah, really, he went from like from scene one to scene twenty-seven, like a heartbeat. The yeah. end of the movie. Well, I, do I went to Heathrow hand Airport. It to any actor. Who makes me physically hate them? Oh yeah, mm. great actor. Oh, I thought he was oh, brilliant. Yeah. Holy yeah, smokes, them. that is wild. Like good acting. for you. That yeah, is. it is. So he, we open on him eating um, the bird, which yeah. apparently which is it's a real dish, an ortolan. Yeah. yeah. So the bird is an ortolan. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, probably it's not. Such but a disgusting. That's okay. pre- <laughs> it's fine. We're moving past it. Um, or toll on the bird, but it's a disgusting practice. So this is a bird um, that only eats when it's night out. So you either gouge the bird's eyes out or put a covering over the cage so it thinks it's night all the time. And it eats until it like stuffs itself and it's fatter and like tastier basically okay and it's it's awful. It's a disgusting practice. It's illegal in most countries and if it is eaten even illegally, people typically cover their face like put a a sheet or a handkerchief over their face because they're so ashamed to be eating this bird in public. Um, Except in the Czech Republic, Valda, apparently. <laughs> okay. Like, even uh, Valda to come in and just, like, bold-faced eat the bird. Chomp and not it even up. Just eat chomp the bird. that thing up. Right? But, like, explain to the yellow sister tied to the steak that he's eating the bird, what it's doing There's to his mouth. There's a brutality in the pride. dish. Yeah. He takes a sick delight in like the torture and the punishment what, and doing things that shouldn't be done. What a great camera scene, though, right? Because he's staring at the yellow eye of Sedai and you don't know it. You think he's talking to the audience and sort of like, are we breaking the fourth wall? What the heck is going on? But then they then they mm-hmm. do the cutover. I thought that from a from a camera and a show flow perspective, I it, thought was it was beautiful. Yeah, it was yeah. Really yeah. Good. What was really was wild though was even though he was staring down the camera talking to us in his silver goblet, goblet you can see the reflection yeah of the bonfire of yeah. the bonfire and the ice eye in the cup yeah yeah so that's yeah. crazy i just as soon as the episode opened so we didn't watch the first episode before we watched this one just in this rewatch and the episode opened and i went oh yeah oh right yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit. oh shit oh shit i forgot like yeah i gotta put this like maybe the, probably uh i put this at like the number two cold open of the season i'm gonna right? say that next yeah, to the awesome too. fight scene of course obviously like, cool. yeah, yeah. So yeah. Seven, yeah. but obviously. if not for that one this would be great and the the number one reason why for me is because it creates the white cloaks as a formidable bad guy troop mm-hmm it is yeah. before we even learn their name we see what they're capable of it alerts of. us to the fact that this is an actual yeah. group of people to be scared of yeah right yes yeah. because and like you can yeah. see that too when yeah when he takes the Isida, the yellow sister the, her ring and puts it on his um dangly string his, his <laughs> ring with six others right? catcher yeah. his, yeah. yes so he's he's got seven rings and these aren't like ariana grande's seven rings it's like, like one of them this is a whole <laughs> different... bracelets right you just keep adding the charms 
It's yeah. a, <laughs> well, it's a good sorry, one, Pandora. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is not sponsored by Pandora. But it could be. Any it longer. Could be. It could be. <laughs> Christmas is coming, is folks. Not Pandora? And visit Pandora for the uh, all the little baubles you need for your rings and. Yeah, DOG yeah. needs to bring in some money. Here's up, Pandora. <laughs> um, but yeah, she, so watching the yellow sister burn. So we see like Eamon Valda's cruelty in devouring this this bird that should not be eaten in public ever. See, I didn't and know all that. I didn't know any of that. Yeah. I, it's I crazy because it, it just but... adds to his character, yeah. right? And then you see him do the exact same thing with the yellow sister. Just like he goes and he even sits in the ch- same chair that he was eating the bird in. He sits, like basically throws his foot on the desk, has his little chalice there and watches a human being burned to death after he's probably personally chopped her hands off yeah oh you, you know he yeah. did and what a great scene when he has the bloody hand on the chalice and he puts the chalice down and then they that's when you really get to see the reflection of the yellow yeah, eyes yeah and then burning. he but and you take it the away blood and marks on the, the blood thing. marks oh, yeah. on the cup yeah yeah beautiful just beautiful camera work that whole opening scene was outstanding and yeah 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 you really wanted like to punch that guy right Oh, totally. Yeah. And in Eye of the World, it, it, we get to we get introduced to the White Cloaks. I mean, not a ton in Eye of the World, but like but a fair amount. But not in an evil way. Like, you knew they weren't good, but you didn't know that well, they were so good. No, I mean, yeah. like, they threatened to make a wolf into a rug. Yeah, we get... Yeah. We get like, they kidnap Perrin and Egwene. They kidnap, what a big deal. I mean, okay, so they do have some things. Yeah, they kidnap Perrin and Egwene, but then also we have Lan sneaking in basically by himself to rescue them. Like, we get to see the, the ineptitude of their watch where they do the whole marching yes. around and do their little lines and not actually, like, looking out for any bad guys. Yeah. Uh, we get the they're, encounter. They're pretty incompetent. They're super incompetent. We get the, like, almost the comical, like, slapstick humor with Rand and Matt with the white cloaks that like the mud splashes them when they're in barrel on or whatever we get a bunch of tiny little like tidbits out of the white cloaks and they're not very competent but here it's like whole they are here to play um oh, yeah. as like a big contender for bad guy factions right in and the then show. the next time we see them is when they're stopping our crew on the path yeah and it seems like jeffram bornhold white-haired guy yeah. is gonna be like a relatively decent person. Yeah, he seems like uh, like but, of the yeah. <laughs> people to choose from. He's he not a very cool dick. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He seemed very calm and, and very And he seemed very not balanced. out to just like interrogate everyone he's ever met. Yeah. But, no, but he's seated authority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like he was like, well, he wants to he wants to go up to this woman and start touching. Hats off to him. Yeah. I love Land's response. I say to go that, west. By the way. That was he good. wants to go south. <laughs> I say see ya. Yeah, and I mean, and yeah. we also get the whole split between the the white cloaks. We really get to understand that there do seem to be two factions within the white cloaks, where you've got yeah. the questioners and then you got like the regular regular white, white the regular cloaks. white cloaks led by Jeffram. And even with Jeffram advising that Moraine go and get looked at by an Aes Sedai, paints him as like a reasonable white cloak who wants mm-hmm. to do the white cloak mission, which is like, you know, rid the world of evil. Yeah. And then on the flip side, you got Valda, who's just like, you know. Power hungry. I will is. remember you. Yeah. <laughs> and yes, I <laughs> will like beat up But like menacing and not people. like Sarah McLaughlin yeah. style. Um, 
So from there, from the cold open with the, you know, the yellow sister burning in the flames and reflected in the chalice, we get our opening credits for the first time, which is fun and like is that for weaving the first through time? the pattern. Yeah, the first episode just had this spinning wheel. Mm. Um, and it said just the wheel of time, like full stop. So this is the first time that we get to see cool. um, yes. yeah, the opening credits, the scene, which was fun. The weaving of like this gorgeous tapestry of all these famous Aes Sedai that no one knows the names of, um, but they seem important and it's pretty and that's what matters. Um, and then we open up on like the gorgeous cinematography, which still just gives me so much Lord of the Rings vibes. Totally, yeah, they yeah. got the shots. Like the, the run vastness. to Terran Ferry. Yeah. <laughs> I like it really and like I love that I actually I, I really appreciated the cinematography and that because of course when RJ was writing Eye of the World it is meant to be a nod and an homage to Tolkien absolutely to say like I see what you did bro there's a reason it's called Terran Fairy there's a reason that the crossing is the same like all of these little things was very intentional and I liked that um, the director Uta Breswich and kind of I don't know if it was just Uda or her, like who else decided all of this, but even capturing like the running from the Trollocs reminded me of Fellowship of the Ring, the movie, mm-hmm. like when they're running and like I got like Arwen vibes. You know, it's so you know, funny. She... I was thinking that too when I was rewatching it because you get to the scene where the Trollocs are like at the river and for a half a second, you're like, oh, are they going to cross? And they if just you want across. him, yeah, because like come and claim him exactly because the <laughs> different yeah. river in Lord of the Rings they don't want to cross the river. That's a There's different a little river. bit of hesitation. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the brandy book. The brandy book is the one. No, that they it's cross. not. It's not the great dive. But there's no. <laughs> yeah, lots, lots of yeah. Yeah, no, it's not, not deep. But line. there's like that pause, that half a that half yeah. a moment. You're like, wait, does water stop these guys? And then the one yeah. guy jumps or he gets in, pushed in or whatever, and he just drowns. And they're all like, ah, water. Yeah. <laughs> ah, shit. That's too deep. <laughs> I got to say, for the Trollocs, my favorite thing that they maybe not change, but like what is very specifically notable is the scampering on the four legs. I absolutely mm. love mm. that because I don't think we've ever gotten a description of that, of Trollocs like scampering so animalistically. Yeah. Oh, just the first time I saw that, I was like, yes. That's it. That's what yeah, I like. There's, the scenes of the Trollocs like running through the woods, we get it there. We get it a little bit later when they're running to Shadar Logoth. I I loved it. And I mean, no, like, we're not going to dwell on the negative, but it is what I was missing from episode eight. Um, uh, it's just like that very, the realness of the Trollocs sure. from the first couple of episodes, right? Where they're like, I they're running the and like, you feel it. All of the Trollocs look different. They took their time. Yeah. Right? yeah. They all have a different well, feature, and most different of them mango are, face. Yeah. Most of them are actors in makeup or like yeah. stunt people in stilts and makeup. Um, and I think that where they filled in the gaps and the movements of them, the CGI of it, left something for me mm. I, oh i didn't love it but that's okay i under i out of everything here yeah that's like my one critique and it's like basically i kind of think we're, we're getting spoiled as like watchers yeah. of things i think <laughs> it's like too, i know i'm like that doesn't look as realistic as it could it's like, like, it's like i don't know yeah. anything about like cgi yeah. i have no idea yeah and I'm go watch some old here, werewolf movies if you want to see i know really but that's CGI. the thing it's like let's girl let's go back to the 90s and look at some yeah, of that stuff and like we okay are. that's not old but okay i'm thinking the 50s and 60s <laughs> but you like, know it's my entire life man that's all i got that's all i got 
That's it. That's the, we that's can watch. The whole we can watch old stuff though, even if we weren't there. You've never for seen it. Casablanca. <laughs> You've never seen Citizen Kane. We've seen that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I have. Go back. Wow. <laughs> uh, go back and watch some Bella Lugosi movies. Th- then you'll see what you know. Bad. Not even CGI because there was no C's, but yeah. the uh, yeah. <laughs> bad transitions and stuff happened and what they had yeah. to do to, to make stuff look. So when they That's got down fair. on all fours and were scampering, like what some of the werewolf movies like to do, I thought that was brilliant. That's yeah, it was great. Yeah. No, it was really fun. And yeah, I mean, I think like to, to Brett's point, we are spoiled because yeah. we have House of the Dragon, we have Rings of Power. And when we have a dragon battle in the sky in House of the Dragon, which- Oh, we haven't seen yes, it yet. Like, that's, yeah, oh, we shit. haven't seen it yet. But blah, blah, okay. blah, 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 um, blah. Yeah, it's fine. There is a battle of dragons at a time and place. I believe in you. In the House of no Dragon? Really? Weird, I, I so figured, weird. I figured crazy, weird. right? <laughs> um, so there is a dragon battle and it looks very cool. Yeah. And- uh, almost realistic. As good as and Smog so I think in, that's in uh, The Hobbit. I haven't, I haven't seen it, and I won't. You haven't seen I'm The not Hobbit? Not all of Desolation them. Desolation Smog. Yeah, the so good. Yeah, those ones were I liked, good. I liked Ed Sheeran's song. <laughs> <laughs> That makes that makes no. I mean, that's that's the issue <laughs> though. It's like also competing for budgets, and it's like whose show? Like, what are we really judging on? So yeah. I was pleasantly surprised and very happy with the performance of the Trollocs mm. in the Wheel yeah. of Time. They added like they weren't campy, but they added a level of like cool. Yeah, yeah, like very cool. Yeah. Like not quite orcs, and scary, but they gave you and the then same the impending doom. Yeah. So ah. here's the thing. That's actually a very good point because <laughs> yeah. the Wheel of Time is coming up. With RJ doing so much homage to all these, like to Lord of the Rings and stuff, how the, the biggest question is how do we make Trollocs, which are literally like troll orcs, how do we make them and then also Merdral not compete with uh, compete with all the with- Lord of the Rings creatures? Like how do we do that but make them unique but also stay true to what RJ was doing? And I think they they pulled it off. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what else job. they could have done. Yeah, like the Merdral walking onto the dock. Yeah, and like with his luscious. Yeah, and lips then you're like, and what's just, Voldemort like, doing here? Yeah, but then he like <laughs> opens his mouth. And you're like, oh. <laughs> I mean, you gotta know that they're Shit. they know the, the Sarlacc like from the Dementors uh, and the Ring Race and stuff. It's, like, so. it's the Sarnak <laughs> from uh, from Return of Return of the Jedi. No, the one before oh, that yeah. when <laughs> Han Solo falls in. And, well, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess that is Return of the Jedi. Yeah, sorry, that is Return of the Jedi. Yeah, it's Jedi. Yeah. No, yeah. and they, they the he does the diving board move. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know but that one. We all did <laughs> off off a diving board in our friends' pools. Yes, <laughs> right, mm-hmm. guys. I have a friend whose me? cousin. This is a friend of a friend story. <laughs> knocked his teeth out. Do we try to that. do that move? <laughs> yeah, so that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who knows if it's accurate, not, but it's not a good quite on Solo style. Yeah. Um, Luke. Yeah, so we we get there. We're at the Terran Ferry. Ooh. Homage to Lord of the Rings. Thank you so much. And then Master Hightower. Yeah. Right. Total dipshit. Dummy. Is like, I gotta go. And then the reason I'm bringing him up, because like, of course, we can talk about that decision and more rain. I bet he's never even seen a Hightower before. <laughs> Definitely not. He is just it's like... joke. Fucking... Mm-hmm. Good one. Thatched roof. <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> thatched roof tom i'll call him uh but he he makes a comment to moraine and he basically just says the white cloaks are right yeah mm-hmm. you i said i are monsters and at this point i'm hoping and like i'm gonna ask ask you dad um when he says the white cloaks are right of course you've seen the episode now but 
the first time he said that, one, did you catch it? And two, did you put together that the people that we saw in the opening scene were, were white, the white cloaks. cloaks because of their white cloaks? I did not know from the TV show because the white cloaks weren't really that prominent in the book until, yeah, I know they stole Perrin and stuff, but you didn't really get to know them. And with that cold open, they like threw them in your face, which was awesome. And I do agree with you, by the way, that's my second favorite cold open. On the rewatch, obviously, I got it, but in the first time I watched it, I had no clue. I, yeah. I, I had no reference, no anything. I had, I knew nothing about what was going on. I didn't, well, white cloaks, what, what's the, what's this about? So that was all new. And actually, the, I rewatched it twice tonight because your mom was watching uh, oh. stuff. Well, she was watching Christmas shows on W. Oh, nice. <laughs> I like. I love like, Christmas. Oh, like Love Actually. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. That is not a Hallmark movie. Oh, How God. dare you? Okay. Good. No. Like, what are we talking about? No. Here? No. Elf is a good one. <laughs> no, it's like all the ones that have like the woman in the red sweater and the man mm. on the red they sweater. They go to Evergreen. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they go to a small town, yeah. and she like out of her city life. You know what the best actual Christmas movie is? Just Friends. Oh yeah, for sure. Great movie. Hands down. Watch Love Actually, and then we'll talk. <laughs> Sorry, I'm Die it. Hard. <laughs> Die Hard. Okay. That's my favorite anyway, Christmas movie. Die Hard. So Brett and I actually got into not an argument, but we had a discussion during this fairy scene because I thought this was so accurate to the book. I thought that the guy died in the book. Yeah, but he doesn't. Yeah, so we had to look it up. They pay him. Well, no, well, because I said no, he doesn't, and then you said yes, he did. Yes, they did. <laughs> And then I said, I don't think so, because anytime no, you're not. so confident about that, I question myself. <laughs> yeah. But it turned out I was right. I had remembered it wrong because of the show. Yeah. Yeah, no, he definitely does not die in the book. But they no, do but sink it. it adds, and that they is, sink it. There's a yeah. whirlpool. And it's interesting because the very first recap we did when we first watched it, you said something, Brett, you said something like, oh, and everybody just watched Moraine kill that guy and so they have all these feelings about that and i stood up for moraine and i said no 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 that guy knew what was happening and he jumped in anyway and in moraine's perspective he killed himself yeah that well, is correct yeah well, she he started did. the world she pool. offered him the way out yeah and said this is happening Land, she literally said come with us yeah. to the next town yeah. land yeah. tried to stop him too land seriously reached out as he was trying to go and yep. did yeah the big no! start, for the record she started the whirlpool before he jumped in and swam Indeed. to it he saw it yeah it was and going I get, I then land cut the rope your, then your the boat kid, but floated like, out yeah. then he tried to <laughs> yeah. save his and boat and we get that with like we get that with like the exposition stuff for sure later yeah. when um when they're talking w Moraine and Egwene are talking about what are lies and what are not lies very good um, and yeah. she you know and like no I did not kill Hightower yeah <laughs> anyway yeah. We'll, we'll touch on that yeah. um but yeah anything else to say about um good old Hightower and his sad sad I, I just wanted to say like it, it's interesting because a lot of people might come in with like pre like preconceptions about fantasy shows and Maureen very much is like the whole Gandalf who comes in and takes the people out on the adventure but the biggest difference and it paints it right from the beginning is like Maureen is not like an all good person who will always make sure the best decision is made for the best of all people it's like she has her own stuff her own, she has her own mission and yeah. she, whoever gets in the way you're going to get got if you get in my way. So it paints it like right from episode two, like Maureen is the kind of person who, yeah, 
she's probably a good guy from what we see, but she'll do the stuff that needs to be done, even if that means killing people. So she'd I, be a great I love CEO. It. I love it. Like paints her as like a real yeah. <laughs> character, like a real good character here. Yeah. And it definitely brings in elements that like this is a series that it's not just about like good versus evil. Yeah. There's like nuances, mm-hmm. there's shades of moral gray. ambiguity. Yeah. Moraine, Are you yeah, willing to kill Moraine or let people die to accomplish your goals? Yeah. Because Egwene's all like uppity about that. <sighs> yeah. Can't believe you killed that guy. Yeah. Girl, get out of your village. You should for try one you second. should try it like, sometime. Yeah. Talk to me Relax. tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so from uh, the death of Hightower, they go and they have some s'mores. Um, so they're they're hanging around. Uh, Moraine's healing the horses. So we see, you know, like we see her let a man die. And then in the next scene, we see her healing horses. Yeah, invigorating. Yeah, because they need She's their strength. She's a bit of a, bu- a boost. Which is yeah. like on point a for little, the book too, because that yeah, happens. That happens. Right? A little, giving them a little upper. A little boost. And then... Yeah, Aunt Lan comes to her and he's like, what are you doing? And she's like, well, they, they need their strength. And he says, girl, so, so do you. Sit the fuck you're down. You're literally wounded. <laughs> you're wounded. It's a very you're Lan thing to say. Because <laughs> baby, you're not that strong. <laughs> no, I mean, even <laughs> at their little camp party, it's funny because like all the all the boxes get checked off. Because even with Egwene and Maureen's conversation is like literally what happens in the book. Yep. It's like all the important critical information is she has it's her sit down conversation with Egwene to tell her about all these stuff. And for us as viewers, like we need to know stuff too. The exposition yep. I really love. Anytime Rosamund Pike does exposition, I'm finding it just feels seamless. Yeah. So it good. feels natural. It feels part of the world. I really liked when they were before everyone kind of like hunkers down for the night. I really liked that Nynaeve got a little bit of a shout out. So like the viewer remembers her. Yeah, that's a we, Matt. We don't. Yeah, that's yeah. a Matt being like, man. Nynaeve would be so annoyed by all of us right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She would just be ripping that eyes to die apart. And, and then Egwene is, is right. like, That is Nynaeve she, energy. Like, to the T. But then, you know, Egwene's like, You don't understand. I saw her get ripped away. I saw her get dragged off. And Perrin goes, Well, at least we know she had a quick death. Which, especially knowing again how this episode ends, mm-hmm. because we don't see Nynaeve. So we just have that. I really appreciated on a rewatch that they added that in for the viewers who may be watching this separate from episode one and not just binging it through where you can be like right <laughs> who's even Nynaeve, doing that the wisdom <laughs> she should be dead and then she comes back at the end and she's like surprise motherfucker still here <laughs> yeah did you um, notice how many time times with- Egwene got facts wrong in the episode i should have started counting Ooh, she would she made i every love time, that right so she kept Tell on getting more. the facts wrong she thought layla was uh, killed by the Trollocs. She wasn't. She thought yes. that Nynaeve was dead. She wasn't. She thought that yes. Moraine killed somebody. She didn't. So she she kept on making all these statements like a naive little girl from Like town, a know-it-all. And she kept on being wrong for like kind almost of, all kind of it. Kind of a core theme of the Wheel of Time. Because <laughs> yeah. people are wrong about things. <laughs> all the time. When being they wrong think that and then right. growing from it. Yes. And well, like we'll understanding her. I, can't re- I honestly can't remember that thread. It was just something I noticed when I was watching it tonight. So I, wrong, wrong, That she wrong, speaks. Wrong. She speaks definitively as if she knows and then she's like not yeah. foot and it's mouth. It's actually like a, that's a really good point. That doesn't sound familiar at all. Yeah. I don't well, get one it. Of the, honestly, I, I feel... 
one of the toughest parts about like reading the wheel of time and watching the wheel of time is a lot of the viewers of and a lot of readers. Oh. Well, they assume that the things like, cause the way a lot of books are written is that the things that the characters say are objectively true. But RJ does a thing where the things that people say are almost never true. They're almost always wrong. And as a viewer coming in, you hear all those things. You just take it for true because, but like right from the get go, there's so many things even no, from- No, we like, call it the unreliable narrator. Unreli- yeah, yeah, because that's like, <laughs> that's what because it is. Because you're in someone's perspective and that's, and they're saying things that they're thinking to be true. Yeah. And as a reader, I'm constantly evaluating whether or not this situation yeah. actually it's is like, true or is it just the way this character is viewing the situation? And it's always the way the character is viewing the situation. <laughs> it's never what necessarily actually no, happened. No, sometimes it is. But, but yeah, Unless it's unreliable told narrator. Yeah. Like the perspective of a pure, innocent puppy. Yeah. yeah. Whose name shall not be spoken, but like... You get it. Yeah. Your pure innocent um, puppy is lying but, behind you on the bed like a big lump. I just want to point that out. I know. <laughs> Little monkey. Uh, but yeah, so speaking of that and and the truths and the untruths and like the yes. shifting of words, we get the great exposition from Moraine to Egwene. And really, really, again, it felt seamless for the audience mm-hmm. where she goes to Egwene because Egwene attacks her and is like, you killed him. And she said... Bitch, sit down. Yeah. yeah. That is not what killing looks like. Like, yeah. take a pause. Remind me what the three oaths are. And of course, we as viewers are like, What's that? what three oaths are you talking yeah. about? And she says, and so Egwene goes, they were th- like promises made by Aes Sedai to end Arthur Hawkwing's siege of the One Tower. Who dad? And that's yeah. what Egwene knows yeah, yeah. because, did I say what? what did the, I one say? <laughs> the One Tower. The One Tower. <laughs> I followed along. I the under, one I tower to rule, the, well, to rule them all. Yeah. So Egwene says, their promises made by Aes Sedai to end Arthur Hawkwing's siege of the White Tower, which shows that Egwene knows how to read books and did very well in school. Yeah. And Moraine is like, yeah, but now tell them to me straight. Like, what are they? Verbatim, word for word, what are they? And Egwene's like, I don't matter. know. <laughs> stutter man stutter and so we hear from moraine they are to speak no word that is not true to make no weapon with which one person may kill another and three never to use the one power as a weapon except in the last extreme defense of her life or the life of her warder or another Aes Sedai. full stop and so that's what we get. Then we get a little channeling thing. Look at the blue stone. Which is also here, like I love it. word to the for tea. word yeah, from, from the, the book. book. Word for word. Yeah. And then especially because we are, again, on the heels of episode one, where we saw Egwene jump into the river, where we saw her fighting initially and then surrendering love to the it. river and letting it take her. We hear Moraine remind her over and over again um, to... Let the water take you. Let yourself drift. Let it take you. Surrender. Right. Let yourself drift. She repeatedly says that to her. This river metaphor comes up again and again. And it's just, it's it like one of those moments. Yeah. It was one of those moments where Moraine said this. And I, you know, we just watched episode one a few days ago. And I, I heard Moraine say it again. And I was like, 
It's like these writers have read the books or weird. something. Yeah. So weird. Yeah. Well, we, we talked about that in the Rings of Power conversations we had, where the, the writers obviously have a, a, a playbook that is way broader than what we give them credit for on an hour-by-hour hour basis. And the way that they've laid stuff out, and you guys talked about it earlier, you learn so much in such a quick amount of time, and every word does matter. Whatever these characters say, they're tipping you off to a whole bunch of stuff in a hurry, right? So you really have to watch and yes i put the um i put the subtitles on tonight so i didn't didn't confuse the <laughs> oh, eyeless nice. with an eyelid. yes yeah. i i did that um i started doing that in a later episode for a song that comes up because mm -hmm. i really wanted to know the yeah. lyrics of a song later yeah. that we get and then i was like wow and then when we went back and watched it again i watched it with subtitles on it does help a ton. It makes a huge difference. It really well, because, does, yeah. Like I said, every time they say something, it adds to the character because they only have so much to say. And I think you guys mentioned it earlier. This TV show is not all about Rand and his perspective. So they have to bring all the other stuff in. For Everybody has to say stuff except Perrin. Their Perrin's just moody and, and does stuff. But that, well, that kind of follows. Well, Perrin is the guy <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. who gets bit by the zombie and doesn't tell the group. Yeah, it literally yeah. happens. I did love the little thing with the wolves, though. <laughs> Right, so we like. Yeah. I, I actually enjoyed that part of the book. Bandage where the wolves, that up, Perrin. Yeah, yeah, just kind of lick it. It wasn't a Don't wolf, let the wolf but it was a really cute dog. Like, Dude, you need to, you need to clean. What are you doing? This let me but, clean that. Really, you're sorry, gonna. Okay, that was fine. another time I stopped the thing to see if X-ray would give me the name of the wolf. Oh. <laughs> the name of the wolf. I know. I was like, is this Hopper? Right. Is this Hopper? Yeah. Uh, so they did not. Might that was really kind of a piss off. But it might yeah. be, but we don't know. My head is name, for name sure. the wolves. Yeah, no, I think that was a good introduction. And the, the whole yeah. thing, I think, and this is, again, something that I also need to remember when I watch the show, is like I'm watching the show with all the knowledge of the entire book series, and I have to think back to what I, the world, was actually like, which is Rand doesn't know anything, it's very confusing, and nobody knows what's going on. And yeah. you don't really know what's going on until maybe book four or five, mm -hmm. and then you're like, okay, I was gonna say, I, actually, book it. seven. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Nablus has a video explaining the ending of Eye of the World, and it is full spoilers through book seven. Yeah. Because oh. he's like, none of this makes sense until you understand all of these themes that yes. don't happen yeah. until, yes. like, much later. Yeah. And even then, it's like the mechanics, and you gotta get into, like, the, okay, t let's go into the Robert Jordan interviews and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so much knowledge so like it makes sense that it's all very like mm -hmm. surface it's, that's interesting you say that because something i noted when we first watched this episode i said i'm wondering if people who don't have knowledge of the books who haven't read the books are going to understand what's happening in a lot of these scenes like the dream like they're in the dream sequence and then like there's just some aspects that are a little bit like what's happening here and without background knowledge you just sort of go through it and hope yeah. you find out later but i mean that's what i the world was was you're like okay i guess we'll figure it out later yeah. and just then, gonna but turn the, that the, page the bad yeah. dudes coming to people in dreams and corrupting their thoughts and putting like okay pulling a bat out of your mouth that that was a little a little bit different, but that that's a pretty that common theme. I so love that. I don't have the long term <laughs> view of what's happening, but when the bad guy gets in their head and does sets these images and gets them thinking bad things, it's Sauron. It's that that to me is a pretty typical thing. I don't have to know what the right. final thing is, so you follow that. But yeah, the way the show did the wolf thing, 
other than the fact that you see Perrin get really calm for a second and he lets the water take him, if you want to stay with that analogy. And then as he does that, the wolves approach, lick his wounds, and then off they go. We did not see, by the way, the shape of his wound after the wolf cleaned it. So we don't know if they did a good job or not. Just, right. just, just to say. <laughs> I don't know, I we don't know if they have magical healing licks. Yeah, but. he just like, didn't tell anybody about that. Yeah. He no. hid it from Egwene, too. It's like, dude, no, you need to at least like, like clean that properly. Like, you're literally <laughs> with an Aes Sedai who can heal it. Uh, if Perrin had a motto, it would be suppress for success. Yes. The one thing I will say Take in the show that feelings. I've noticed uh, watching Buried it through this time is... That you can see they did a good job of Perrin always looking longingly at Egwene. So they sit beside each other at the fire. You can see him stealing these little glances over at her and stuff like that. And until later on, what was it, episode seven or something, he talks about, well, you know, we, we know you love Egwene. It, it, I don't remember that theme in the book, so it was all new. But yeah. watching it again, you can see it yeah. all over the place. They did such a good job of weaving that that in. Right? Just, it's really funny. There's a lot of people who I absolutely hate it. I pretend that that never existed. I'm one of those people. If you're, that was a question I, I actually asked Danny when we were first reading because Egwene and Perrin get separated. They do together. And together. Right. And I right. asked about, like, is there a potential, like, is this a thing? And this was before the TV show came out. Because and I was always there's so an, adamant that there's an opportunity, though. There's an opportunity yeah. for a relationship to have been formed and then formed now going forward. And it makes sense that, like, the friend of the guy that you used to date, like, that's a theme that could absolutely happen. And I don't hate it. I don't hate it. So hate it. I get, so, I, I I get you guys don't like it. For me, I've just been adamantly so... Nah. Platonic I, relationships I, yeah, I never can exist. I think they're trying to give some reading. interest to Perrin. Like, honest to God, I think, I think so they're too, just trying to give some interest to him. And he never is. So that's the same as the <laughs> That's a you too. opinion, Perrin, though. Perrin sucks, and we <laughs> can all agree with that. At least the important people. The don't Perrin agree. lovers don't are very so we're, yeah. yeah. we're on the same wavelength when it comes to we our get characters. Um, I will just say, so everyone knows and has to share this horror with me, um, there is a ship name for Perrin and Egwene. And a ship, if you don't know, is when <laughs> okay. you you put people in a relationship together and you manifest them. So the ship name of Perrin and Egwene is Pegwane. Which is too Oh, that's gross. bad. No thanks. It's not good. No. It's not good. Most of, most it. most ship names are terrible. Really. I thought it was me like Peregrine, like Peregrine Falcon. Or oh, Peregrine. <laughs> Peregrine would be better, but like. No, Peregrine is, is lovely. Yeah. Pegwane. <laughs> but it's not a relationship. Okay. So those people are wrong because Egwene's not in that relationship. It's a one sided <laughs> infatuation. Or, it's very... Welcome to head cannons, Dad. <laughs> or Aaron. How about that? Just E. R-R-I-N. I really don't think that that's the point of Egg what we're talking I don't think that we should just be coming up with a bunch of new <laughs> oh, ones. Oh, that's not the point. Okay. No. All right, that's fine. <laughs> You're so what happened next? You, do it, you were doing better. You were doing better <laughs> yeah. than the, the Twitterati at large, I will say, though. The bar is so low on that name. It's, it's just not like... good. So uh, from the river metaphor with Moraine and Egwene, we leave it on like one of my favorite notes, which is when Moraine says to Egwene, it is the wind that listens to you. you. Very powerful. It's so yeah. powerful boom, that boom, they used boom. it in the trailer. Yeah. Don't they at some point? I think so. I think yeah. so. It was one of the uh, things and then, we got. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a moment that I'm going to guess Graham hates. And it's when there's little snuggle buns between Egwene and Rand and she goes up and she gives him a little like nose cuddle. Boop. And, boop, boop, boop. and then Rand is like, 
I came here to be alone. Yeah, he's being a he's being he's lashing out. <laughs> he's so angsty. Oh my god! So I just angsty. like a Gwen. A Gwen. Rand is like away. the iconic angsty guy, though. Like that's and that's you who know, he we is. Are it's been listening to Dashboard Confessional on repeat. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say My Chemical Romance. <laughs> I have well, that. I was. <laughs> I have a lot of kudos for you for thinking about my chemical romance. I'm okay with that reference. <laughs> hey, uh, Rand, what, what was the color of the parade you went to? Yeah, <laughs> was it black? <laughs> <laughs> to see the peddler wagon. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, I'm just really hoping that we get our young angsty characters now. Like, this is only episode two, right? Yeah, so, like, cause, so we can see the character growth because I'm yeah. really hoping Which for, we do. for some... Yeah. For some Rand like, muscles. We're supposed to have book one Rand think, and book one parent. We're supposed some... to have that here. Okay. And on that 100%. thought, this cast has no business being this attractive. It's unfortunate. By the way, <laughs> like, I'm just, I was watching yesterday being like, oh my God, at everybody. Ha- Literally everyone. Everyone I look at. <laughs> Every single person in that show. <laughs> Un- like unreasonably attractive. Ridiculous. Um. So from, and then after Rand is like, his emo phase, like brushes his bangs out of his face. They have some snoozes. Billy Talent. That's what I think of with the bangs. (laughs) Oh, man. My younger brother has a a Billy Talent tattoo on his chest. The the screaming mouth. I'm going to have to. Really? I'm going to have to see if I can add like. Yosha Stradowski's face yeah. to that Ooh, somehow. Yeah. I'm a pr- I was a pretty big Billy <laughs> yeah. Talent fan. I saw them a lot. You know what? I liked Rand snapping on Moraine. Uh, we didn't talk about the dream sequence because that happens like right it's after. It's just like bats bats out of the mouth. He wakes up. You know, then we get ember eyes. Next morning, what was really cool was seeing the bats scattered yeah. everywhere and of course learning. That was a combination of all the dream, like all what? the stuff because we got the yeah. rats. They were and rats. Yeah. I love that Egwene is part anything. of it. Yeah. But Egwene she didn't also say got anything, some dreams. But she didn't say uh, anything about the bats. She just kind of like, she looked scared yeah. and she just nodded. Yeah. And, and Rand she said was like, nothing. Yeah, that's that right. shit happened. Rand pulling the bat out of his mouth was so awesome. It made watching me gay. It I did not like they actually I did wanted not like to throw the up. Dead, I did not like the dead bat. He looked very sad. And he looked like he was a very good bat. If we're switching out animals from the books, a rat to a bat, I'm cool with. Well, I got to pull silver wing into this. A wolf to a bear? No. <laughs> <laughs> No, so that was no. that was a threat that was made. Um, was that they were going to uh, change the wolves to bears? I thought it was going to be like inclusive of like any animal. Why not? <laughs> no. Oh, it was no. going to be no. I'm happy that with was the, the wolf. Four times. Let's it's not talk the wolf. about it. It has to be yeah. the wolf. But the rats to bats. Fine. You guys yeah, are saying fine. words. Okay, I have yeah. no idea what rat hole you're going down to. But I'm, <laughs> I mean, a, a bat <laughs> is basically a rat with wings, right? But yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah. I don't, don't, yeah. don't talk don't about need to bears get into anymore. Because <laughs> all I think of bears is John Irving books, and that, that's yeah. completely different. There was there was talk about having Perrin be able to communicate with bears instead of wolves. instead of wolves, possibly. Right? And that See? was bad. That was severe bad. backlash. And I understand that. Like, nah, it's wolves. He's a wolf boy. He's a wolf boy. Wolfy. Wolf boy. They didn't. They were. They were unsure because of Game of Thrones and the Starks. I, and I get that. That's. I mean. I, that's the point is like and George Martin also paid homage to RJ in oh, yeah. his books. Like that's a thing. They were friends. They knew about their books. RJ yeah. wrote on the back covers of George Martin's books about how good it was to like buy this book. Yeah. yeah. Like it's a thing. <laughs> 
Um, so then we, yeah, we wake up and we're with all the bats and they're scattered. And Moraine's like, all right, we're, we got to go. So we're going to continue on to the White well, Tower. First and she says, rant. dreams have power. Which is yes. from Which the book. Which is good to know. She says it yeah. in the tour when they're still in Emmons Field, though. But like yes. that is something she tells Rand. Tell me. You let me know. Tell me. Let me know. And then. And yet he won't. He doesn't. They don't. <laughs> yeah. Of course not. Yeah. You know, they're from like, very silent. They never. They explained to her what was happening. And she was like, great. Keep telling me these things because dreams have power. And then Rand is like, she, Moraine's like, here, we're going to go to Whitebridge. We're going to go to the White Tower. That's our adventure. And Rand is like. Well, what is a man going to do in the White Tower? Fair like, Egwene's going to go and have a great time, but, like, what the fuck about me and my boys? Back me up. And the boys are like, we will not. Uh, she throws They're fireballs. Like, um, excuse me, Ron. So, Rand also you takes a jab at land. Asshole. He takes a jab at land, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah. Be an errand boy. <laughs> yes. I get where he's coming from, though. He That's has a, a legitimate series of questions. And he had like if we if we look at Rand objectively from like an outside view, he has reason to be concerned. Moraine did walk in, and Egwene did have like one conversation with her, and she is a hundred percent on board because we know Egwene's character. She's the person who, from Emmons Field in the books, she showed up and was like, "I'm coming too," and Maureen just let it happen because that was yeah. Maureen's style. Was like, "Fuck it." Let, let Part, it of happen. Part of the we pattern. Part of the pattern, That was her entire thing. So, Actually, as like, you I say that, I, I have too. not. I've not heard them refer to the pattern uh, in the TV shows. I've, not I've heard too about, much in the first two episodes. Yeah, I mean, I've heard lots about the wheel spins and not a lot, a couple of yeah. references, yeah. but I haven't heard about like in the pattern weave, um, right. which I remember reading yeah. several times uh, yeah. in the book. We haven't gotten so much to Moraine's repetitive use of yeah. the wheel weaves a little bit as less. the wheel wheels. A little bit less <laughs> as it was in the books. but Or as Allie from Wheel Take says, the wheel weaves as the weaves weaves wheel. Of course, because why not? It doesn't matter. Yeah. But like Rand, Rand does have some actual reason to be concerned about all the things that are happening. And he does lash out. And it was like the Anakin Skywalker rage. It he's was like, very, he's Hayden Christensen. He really is, isn't he? It was the, it was the, like, <laughs> yeah. It that was, luckily, no, no luck younglings for harm. So tonight. is it yeah, Hayden, no Christensen, yeah. Hayden Christensen from Attack of the Clones, which could be the worst science fiction movie ever created? Or is it Hayden Christensen from the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, in which case he was awesome? Mm. Oh, which we haven't watched yet. We've watched Obi-Wan. We watched Obi-Wan? Oh, yeah, we did. He was good. <laughs> We haven't watched Andor. <laughs> we haven't watched That's Andor. We haven't watched. We haven't, I haven't watched Andor yet. <laughs> no. Her first yes. yeah. No, Hating Christensen from Attack of the Clones. Yeah, yeah. Shitty. It's like that, that, that rage that, yeah, I love it. Yeah, that adolescent. Which, Emo. as a teenager, rage. was my favorite Star Wars mm -hmm. episode. Oh, no, I hate this for you. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even watch it without it's falling asleep. It's a love asleep story. Today. Uh -huh. It's a love story. Okay. Written, written by George Lucas. I say no more. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, separate podcast, Attack of the Clones. Yes. Stay tuned for that mm -hmm. next week. Um, I think Matt basically sums it up best when Rand is going on his little petty rant. And he just says, don't be an ass. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, hear you. I hear what you're saying because Matt's been to therapy. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. 
But end of the day, she shoots fireballs. Our chances are better with her. Yeah, Shut the fuck funny. up. Mm-hmm. Pack your pony. Which Let's go. We have to note. We have to save this Matt conversation with Rand in a little bubble because very soon mm. starts the decline of Matt. And it's important to note that he's a functional, good friend. Yeah. Great friend. Right from the beginning. Yeah. The best one off the hop. And, and that's he's, important he's to, to know. He's supposed to have a decline. Yes. Yeah. And it goes. Um, yeah. So from there, we get on the horses. We have... Uh, probably, and I can't, I feel like I keep saying this like every other sentence, but probably one of my favorite scenes from the entire series, the weep for Manetherin scene. Do you scene. just like it is, every scene? I think she just I likes the show. I enjoy many scenes. <laughs> uh, but the one, and so with speaking yes. about Matt and how amazing he is, they're riding on horses. They've obviously just been like trotting along. Not a lot's going on. Matt looks around and sees the despondent faces of his friends. And he is the one who starts singing Yeah, he does. And <laughs> it is a song from his childhood. And then Perrin he doesn't know joins what the fuck in and he knows. He's harmony. the baritone. He knows he where he's supposed to go here. Another an acapella group and Perrin yeah. knows his place. The blood of yeah. amen. Yeah. God, it's good. It's so good. It it's so good. good. And then we get a four-minute monologue from Rosamund Pike explaining the story of Manetherin. You know? And I will say to you, because I've read this um, in many and seen Rafe talk about this in interviews, he fought tooth and nail for that scene. He It was on the cutting room floor more times than like any other scene because it is so hard to say these four minutes of dialogue yeah. that actually don't mean that much to the rest of the show. Yeah, literally not You much. don't understand. They have to be in this. Like they have to be in the show. Yeah. And it's like it's iconic. You know what it, it wasn't though? It wasn't Maureen standing in front of the inn spinning her staff. <laughs> With flames yeah. shooting out yeah. the story. <laughs> Brett and I cool, are both though. like hucking like fucking like Raphael with his nunchucks. It's a No, Danny's there like fucking helicoptering over her head. That's exactly what she was doing. You know doing. what? So I, 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 ex- I appreciate I the artistic like this, interpretation this of the Manetherin story. I, I think loved it's it. Important it, it like, to it's know where so... these people have come from and the history yeah. of the place that they... That's very that important. Fun, and they don't the even know attack. it. <laughs> yeah. They don't even get they don't what even old know. blood means. Yeah. Core, you don't even know how old your blood is, core bro. themes. You idiots. Core themes of the Wheel of Time. <laughs> <laughs> but Etherin, who goes up in a ball of flame uh, later on, that that theme played out at the end of book one. You know, I can't remember how it ends in episode eight. I don't think that somebody burns up. But they talk about that a few times. In oh, the, yeah, they do. Yeah. yeah. So... You oh, know, burning uh, out from the power. Yeah. 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 That's so again, they, they had yeah. That she talks about burning out from the power in episode two, right? Like mm-hmm. she drew so much of the power into herself that she Either burned herself that was from part the inside of your out. Little, your little segment there. Yes. Yeah. We learn about that. We also learn about um, when she says the old blood, because the first in episode one, we hear her say to Lan, we're going to the two rivers, like the old blood yeah. runs, runs deep. deep. Yeah. And we're like, Okay, like, what the fuck is the old blood? Uh, like, see, see me. I, I know about young blood. I'm sure that Jordan in book 23 uh, redefines old blood and all that stuff. But that's a, again a very common <laughs> fantasy theme that gets passed on. Tolkien makes use of it for sure, right? So, like, 
I, so I don't know what it means I mean, you in your special world, but in the well, world of the fa- well, not really. It just means that they've got you know lots of history, right? So yeah, yeah. We fall. No, I mean, and, and like old blood is Three a theme of like real Three life days too. Three days they held right? that river. It's a banger. 13. It's a good song. It was yeah. a good song. It's a great song. It's a great song. Um, so then we get that little moment, and then Land comes up, and he's like, "Pardon, um, white cloaks ahead." Fuck. So, and we're like, "I don't know what that is." And then they ride up, and we see we're like, "Oh, uh, that's what white cloaks yeah. is." Yeah, yeah. We see Granddaddy Bornhall, then we're like, "He looks kind and Santa-ish." And then we see Eamon Valda, and we're like, "No, oh, bird eater." Oh, now is he oh, is he granddaddy no. or is he just like pappy? Because I'm pretty sure he's just like he's just daddy. He's just daddy. <laughs> he's not he's granddaddy. Little he's little than, Did you call I'm him gonna be real about Pappy? This? He's pappy Bornhold. Sorry, but he didn't he's look not any granddaddy older than me. Bornhold. Like, okay. come on. He's just regular daddy. Who's your daddy? Just, Papa. Just Zach. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just calling him Pappy Bornhold <laughs> from here on out. <laughs> That guy's way too attractive to be Pappy, by the way. It's Pappy B. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like we we talked we talked uh, mostly on yeah. this at the beginning, but you know, anyway, white cloaks are there. We get the impact of their presence from the cold open. And again, on rewatch, what I loved so much is Eamon Valda saying. I will remember your faces. Mm-hmm. I like better Moraine he, responding to Lan about that. He's not the only one that's going to have a good memory for faces. And I thought yes. that was much more telling. Uh-huh. I thought that was a great yes. little fuck you, even. I'm just, I'm going to, you. you're mine. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But, I, don't I mean, know we in, know that in reality, she does him in later. But to me, that's a clear foreshadow that she will be taking him out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Good one. I can't. Yeah. I can't say anything, and I won't. Don't no, confirm or deny anything. I will anything. say <laughs> I, nothing. Yeah, nothing is said. Um, but what is you know with that line in particular? Because we know that Eamon Valda recognizes Perrin and Egwene when they're with the traveling people, mm-hmm. the yeah. Tuatha on, mm-hmm. and he sees them, and he's like, "I told you I'd remember yeah. you." Yeah. <laughs> evil, evil, um, and like great memory, bro. Like great memory. It See was a lot like of people. A I bet. Ago, they were in the background and he just like remembers them. And then, yeah, the dynamics of the white cloaks we get to see, they definitely seem menacing and like Organized. they can do some real shit. Yeah. Organized, well, even, even uh, Valda talking about like, oh, we're drawing to a higher purpose and splitting up into the kind of like two factions there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's that. And yeah. I do think it's interesting that, Moraine was able to tell them about the Trolloc attack without pointing out like exactly where they came from. Like she said, they're in the two rivers, and a lot of people were or in the. I'm sorry, she didn't say two rivers. She said Tarrant Barry, yeah. and a lot of people yeah. were hurt there. That's yeah. where they came from. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so just her little things yep. with it was like uh, Moraine's entire yeah Moraine's entire conversation in that. I I swear to God, more people need to pay attention to. Yeah in their life like <laughs> it was flawless it was truthful it wasn't honest but it was truthful right and it was a masterpiece yes. and i really think that you see moraine and at her interestingly might have sent some of those white cloaks towards terran fairy yeah well i mean that's Where they like, have fans yeah, just yeah. saying they have fans there yeah. just saying <laughs> i'm not good at <laughs> this <laughs> 
I'm never the one who has to be worried about things I say. <laughs> I can always just say whatever I want whenever I want to say them. <laughs> um, I got the order mixed up. They saw the white cloaks yeah, first. Yeah, that's okay. And then we, they did we the got the from central Anetherin, themes. Yeah, but it's fine. Anyway, Because then get the Baron Wolf licking um, encounter or whatever, it's and fine. And then it happens. <laughs> uh, and yeah, we have a really interesting thing um, where... We have Lan saying to Moraine, um, that white cloak, you think he's the one that killed the others. Yeah. So Lan asked Moraine this, yeah. and they've been traveling for a long time. Years, and they still know that like I said I are being killed by like a white cloak in particular. Yeah. Right? Like he's the one instead of the them white as a group. cloaks. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a thing. Yeah. So Yeah, and she but goes, yeah. Well, you didn't you see the rings of my sisters? Pandora bracelet. Right. Yeah. Land, pay attention. Yeah. Look at the rings. Yeah. Um and then they talk about the shadowed city and they're like, We can't go there. Foreshadowing. Hmm. Well, she, she says uh, we can't oh. yeah. go there. Land says nothing. Yeah. He just looks at her and goes, Well, I mean, at this point, Land's <laughs> making a backup plan because Boring is like and you know, he she's yeah. not doing so hot. So he has to make a backup plan. So what happens if Moraine can't function? This is why Lan shouldn't make plans, basically. Hey, if it wasn't for Lan, they'd all be dead right now. So they had to go to Shadow Logoth. <laughs> they had to. They had that's literally the Same they as had the book to. though, they same did. book yeah. plot. And then I, I do have lot, to yeah. say, like, my heart hurts because I love Bearlon. Bearlon yeah. is like my very, very favorite thing that ever happens. In the eye of the world, for me, it's like... It's a lot of good stuff happening. Well, and also emotionally for me as a reader, it's the point at which I started wanting to continue reading and Mm. wanting to continue podcasting. Because up to that point, I wasn't sure I loved reading in the way that we do it. Because we do two chapters. At at that point, we're doing one chapter at a time. Had to read one chapter. Then we talked about it. And wrote notes on it. It took you took you nine weeks, over two months to get out. It was honestly, yeah, yeah, it was a long time, and it wasn't. Took the TV show twenty minutes. I'm just saying. I know, (laughs) (laughs) but for me, Bear One, it was just such a. I just loved it. But a lot of the points that happen in Bear One that I love so much. We get in this season. Yeah, we do. It, we don't get boys in baths, and we that do is not get any boys in baths. You get Lance butt in a bath, so like, be happy with what you get. Come okay. on, <laughs> come on, come yeah. on. Yeah, but so we do miss it. But and this would have been the See, point. Spo- spoiled, is, spoiled, <laughs> spoiled. So spoiled. Take what I yeah. have. <laughs> um, I also want to just hop back to the white cloaks for okay, one okay. Yeah. second because. One other very menacing thing about Valda was when he looks at Moraine's hands. Mm. Yes. Because he's yes. clearly thinking about the... them being He was cut looking off. for that suntan. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. shit. Oh, That's because oh, when he, like, shit. picked up the, ha- the severed hand, he, like, did the same thing with it. He, like, kind of stroked it a little weird. And then pulled the I ring off. I didn't even... Yeah, Think and then he took that. the ring off, and so he like took her hands very weird and played with it. Yeah, I thought, and so he I was thought that for was a like so gross. That, that was, uh, mm-hmm. that was <laughs> he's got a thing for hands. He does oh, severed hands. <laughs> okay, I was going to say something, but you guys still haven't seen House of the Dragon, so oh. when you get to a certain scene in House of the Dragon, we will revisit this conversation. Okay. But like Fair. fetish, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. Now we can fast forward. Shadow Logoth. Go. 
Okay, so yeah, Shadar. What? Shadar. I, I'm Logos. saying it like Lan. I hate it. Shadar he's like, Logos. we must go to Shadar Logoth. <laughs> Shadar. <And he's> like, <laughs> Baby, you can just say Shadar. Shadar. Shadar <laughs> Logoth. Like, no one's yeah, fancy. Say it like Shadow, just like everybody else does. Right? <laughs> yeah, Shadar. Yeah. Shadar. Um, and so we go We're and in a we learn fantasy that it means. series, people. Yeah, and I still love the cinematography mm. of them. One, again, running through the woods. Yeah. That is one of my favorite things. Uh, the panic in Egwene's eyes yeah. when Bella just stops. And she screams like, Bella. And like you can just see like she is genuinely <laughs> frightened for her life. Get going. Um, <laughs> Bella, come on. The, <laughs> come on, girl. <laughs> one of the best things is like at the, I think it was the New York Comic Con panel in uh, 2021. So before the show came out, they're all oh, like yeah. on Zoom, so they're all vis- like virtual. And Marcus Rutherford, yes, I who remember. Plays yeah. Perrin, is explaining about a scene where he has to have a dummy Rosamund Pike. <laughs> and, and I'll the send head you keeps the flopping. After. Yeah. <laughs> I'll send you the gif after, Dad. But basically, he's just like on camera and he's impersonating Rosamund Pike, the dummy. And he's like... (laughs) He's flopping around. And And at this point, uh, everybody's like, why is there a situation where Perrin is riding with a passed out Moraine anywhere? And so that caused tons of speculation. Like, yeah. the best. So, yeah, then seeing um, Perrin riding with Moraine, that's all I could think about. Mm. But then as they're walking into Shadar Logoth, the way that he's holding her is so, like, it's, mm. I, again, I, I've been very clear about my feelings from the the beginning. I hate book Perrin. Yeah, me too. I <laughs> am very open to loving show Perrin. Yeah. So I'm I'm open to it. And the way that he was holding Moraine and... The protective way he held her, and it wasn't just it wasn't just his duty. It was like a genuine caring for her as they're riding into the city. I was like, you know, Marcus does act so much through his like. There's not a lot of words. It's like body, eyes, I do and like actions. Get solid that's Perrin. That's Perrin. Vibes. Yeah, it's Perrin. That is Perrin's character. Vibes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like less misogyny, we can hope. Sure, sure. Who's to say? Yeah. Less spanking. Maybe. Oh, well, probably you know. not. I don't know. Oh no. Just you know, pump the brakes on that. Just. Like a little a little bit's okay. So <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're like a uh, powerful moment. They're walking into the city and the deafening silence. Love there's it. no yeah. birds. Uh, like, there's there's, no, there's no birds. Yeah. Yeah. I mean you didn't need to say it, but like thank you for saying it. Well it, it doesn't Karen. it doesn't come across in an audio in like a TV <laughs> medium. Like I don't know I don't think about the bugs that I'm not yeah. listening for. Like I have no right, idea. But if I love that. I was like, I was like, there's no birds, and he didn't even say insects or like something fancy. He was like, no birds, no bugs. Mm. Yeah. Like, no okay. bees. Let's get the fuck out. Yeah. Evil. <laughs> um evil. And then, you know, we get some exposition from Lan while he's tending to Moraine. <laughs> and then we hear about <laughs> some Matt Sass. I love Matt Sass so much. Yeah, it is the best. Good. First like, of all, that's Shadow's the most waiting. words you've ever said ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like one <laughs> more words than you said today, probably ever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and two, why the fuck did you take us here? Yeah. yeah. Which I mean, so because, why here? <laughs> because Trollocs don't come in here. Yeah. There's a reason, guys. Like there is. Yeah. Although, like Moraine also was not so appreciative of that upon and waking. Yeah. Well, she needs to all. get over it too. <laughs> then you hear She's the like whistle. Half dead. <laughs> You've killed yeah. us all. Yeah. You heard it. 
I okay, heard it. so I told. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Okay, so uh, one thing, like Rand and Egwene have a cute moment because obviously when you say touch nothing, it means go out and explore a city. Yes. Touch each other. 100%. Yes. Mm-hmm. Touch each trip. other. Sure. It's exactly like a school trip. They do it like, don't touch anything, don't go anywhere. And you're like, have to go somewhere. Everywhere. And uh, everyone but, goes places they're not supposed yeah. to go. But, except Perrin. Uh, <laughs> but kudos Kudos to Rand and Egwene because actually they've never seen a city before. And so like that was them taking in the city. And also that was something from the books that like made me feel a little bit happy is that they've never left their small town village. So even though this is a desecrated, isolated, like terrible city, it is the first time they've seen a really overwhelming city and like Rand is taking it in. And so I, I liked that moment. But then we get back, and I told my dad to listen for this yes. because every time we put it in our notes, yeah, Pad and Fane, baby, yep, that whistling, and you just hear it. I have it all in caps, and they say there's, it. There's also it, just a there's a touch of whistling sound back at Terran Ferry too yes. when the Trollocs roll up. Yes, it's, it's like not only that. When you watch it with subtitles, it actually says whistling. Ooh. So that's how you know it's a that's how you know you're What's supposed that? to know oh, that. There you go. That's what that's about. Whistling. So, oh, there's the whistle. Hear a little whistle. It's the Kill Bill. Yeah. The Kill Bill soundtrack. Like you know it's on when. Oh whistling. yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Robert Jordan. Watch that. Quentin Tarantino fan. Hmm. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Has to be true. Pre-Tarantino. Pre-Tarantino. Um, but well, yeah, maybe I Rafe. also really loved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, could be R2J2. Because that's a pretty show-specific thing. It is. We don't, like, it's not like the book is like, there is a slight whistle on the wind. There could be. We get nothing. <laughs> we get basically nothing until we get, like, the Pat and Fane beggar scene in Cameland, <laughs> where it's like, oh, like, there's this crazy guy surprise, following. Ah, it's Pat and Fane. What? <laughs> <laughs> and we don't get him again until, like, we're in Faldara. Like, like, who the fuck is Pat you get and Fane? It. I thought he died. Yeah. I thought he was dead under where his pet in the like, world yeah. is Padding thing. <laughs> yeah. Um before the whistle though, we get we do get a really, really great Matt and Perrin moment. Yeah. And I'm gonna say it again. Wait for it. One of your favorite it scenes. It's one of my favorite scenes ah, nice. from okay. the series. Yeah. It's so good. I liked it's it too. So it's really lovely. Obviously inserted the for the show, so but it was good. beautiful. Yeah. And of yeah. course they and had he, to give a knife, I, not another tool. It had to be a knife. Yeah. Well it explains why he had to go questing for like and a to new be one. fair. I gotta say, the TV show Shatter Logoth scene, the entire, like, that entire thing, it makes more logical sense for the events that played out than the book Shatter Logoth. Because the book Shatter Logoth, for anyone who didn't remember, it's kind Matt Perrin followed a spooky guy into a dungeon basement in a haunted city, and then the dude turned into a shadow monster and then tried to eat them all, and they ran out, and Matt <laughs> still took the freaking dagger. Like, the TV show version makes more logical sense where he yeah. gives away a dagger. He finds I a do new remember dagger, thinking, and like, it's like, okay, when, I'll take it. Yeah, that makes more sense. Reading the book, I'm like, how are they going to put yeah. more death on screen? And all they did in the show is there is a brief suggestion shadow. of a shadow. Yeah. The book is a brief suggestion of a well, shadow walking. But there's into lots of the voices. You can, they did a nice job of inserting yeah. voices into his head, so that he's obviously starting to get manipulated, as a lot of people do. So. Um, 
you know, that's not the real Matt. That's when you, that, that, to me at least, that was when he picks up that dagger and he's the beautiful scene where the dagger's like this and it's just behind his eyes and he got the little red jewel up here. It's just. Yeah. It's um, very like Aladdin esque. It's like, very Aladdin. Touch nothing but the lamp. You can tell that like, he's not of a sound mind, <laughs> right? Like he's not of a sound mind yeah. at this point. And then actually, if you watch with the subtitles, he picks it up and the voices stop. And then the voices start to come again. Then he slides it out of its case and says, voices stop. <laughs> so Ooh. they're really, really making a point. They really spell it out for you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, only, I'm not watching anything without subtitles anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. There's also, I can't wait till we get to a moment. It's in episode three. Um, and because we've all seen season one, I can say this now. Uh, but when Moraine is really in her fever dreams she whispers suan's name oh and the only reason you know that is because it's on the subtitles oh my god oh. <laughs> i like listen to it a thousand times like, nah. a thousand times a thousand <laughs> and i i could not hear her say suan but it is in the subtitles interesting okay all right mm-hmm. all right mm-hmm. that's funny um but yeah, we get, you know, great scene with Matt and Perrin, really nice moment about Layla and dad to your kind of point from episode one, because you were talking about what who, who's going to take care of like Matt's sister. Yes, they addressed I that really very... like that they addressed it yeah. in episode two, right? Perrin's like, don't worry about the girls. My parents, who we never met, my parents are going to go check on them. Egwene's parents are going to check on them. Like Rand's Everybody dad. knows. We got They this. need to be checked it's on. A, it's a village. Yeah. It's a community. Yeah. It's yeah. fine. We got you. They're going to be fine. You can be here. You can be in this moment. Um, the single tear down like Perrin's face when Matt hands him the dagger. Beautiful moment. Then, of course, we get the uh, Shadar Logoth dagger, that ruby. Love I guess it. I can't really say hilt. Yeah. I guess, oh, no, it's still on the hilt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ruby hilted dagger. Yeah, that's what it's called. Um, and uh, from there, Mashadar awakes. So that's the the black goo, the dark. I think they the did black, a fantastic yeah. job with Mashadar. So good because it I think it's astounding. Like, it wasn't misty and foggy. No, it was shadow. Yeah. But in the books, it's like a, a tentacle mist. <laughs> tentacle, tentacle very, octopus mist. I think yeah. it's, it's astounding like, it. that, cool. that it has a name and you all know it. It's black gooey death. <laughs> But you, oh, like, you don't it. even know the names that we know yet. <laughs> there are so, so many, many names, names that are just not useful in We're any coming. context, except for the Wheel of Time. <laughs> okay. I'm still memorizing I said I names that start Name with S. Name Rand's horses. Go. No, no. You never will. No, no. Give it up. I'm done. I have lists going. <laughs> I have lists. <laughs> Anyways. I read the companion sometimes, like, as a challenge to myself, and I just say, fuck it. Yeah. Don't know, don't know this one, never will. <laughs> one has bushy eyebrows, the other I, one, who's yeah, to say? I literally read a chapter today and I made a note, because we haven't talked about it yet, and I made a note, I was like, ask Brett if I should know who these people are. Yeah, it's usually the question. Because <laughs> I have no clue what's happening. Anyway, yeah. go yeah. on. Anyways, yeah. in winter's heart from here on, yeah. have fun. <laughs> yeah, so black, gooey death. It comes. And I like I liked the sense of urgency that we got with this yeah. and all of them on foot. I really liked Egwene being the badass and looking at Rand and she goes, I'll find you. Like, baby boy, don't worry. I understand you're helpless. I got you. Right. Yeah. And then her and Perrin go, um, it just made sense to me. Like everything, the way they left, I was like mildly panicked 
about Aldeeb for a second because Mashadar was getting yeah. quite close to Moraine's oh, white horse. Goodness. As like the only people smart enough to leave the city on horseback are of course Lan and Moraine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else, like Perrin and Egwene, are like, well, guess we should climb. We should run into the yeah, city um, where all this stuff we're is going gonna be. up. Yeah, it's a shadow. It's it's getting away from the shadow. It's not. A, it's like where you can go. I, I thought the shadow was fantastic. It's a great interpretation versus like kind of weird exit with octopus fog trying to get you, but yeah. also getting some trollocs and stuff. I also like. I just did you ever play that like board game labyrinth? Yes, as a kid. Yes, like we used to. We used to have like a Sunday mm-hmm. um, night where we'd play board games, yeah. and labyrinth was one of my labyrinth favorites. Labyrinth is good. So I started reading these books when I was 11, when we were in the, the height of labyrinth fame. Of course. Um, and, and infamy. And all I could picture, and all I still picture to this day, is like them trying to escape sh- like Shadar Logoth with the tentacle mist. And it's like labyrinth where you're like trying to find <laughs> oh, like your way through. Because I couldn't that's see. Funny. I couldn't see anything just beyond like that board game in terms of like It's like exits. orange. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the way they did it on the show, I thought was so much fun. I love the different exits. I love the tension kind of between Rand and Matt when Matt's like, Rand goes to him like, boost me up. And Matt's like, boost me up. And Rand's yeah. like, fucking no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Will, well, I also thought you will like, obviously I, leave. I yeah. just threw my, my bow and arrow over the thing and I don't trust you to give it back for me. So boost me, you son of a gun. Yeah. I'm going. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, Rand opens the door. Eventually. Um, and it's interesting in that moment, too. In that moment, too, it's not one of the moments that he channels in. And we know this based on um, the episode seven yeah, kind of flashback to all the moments. But, like, I think in, in hindsight, it could have it could have been an opportunity for him to, like, save yes. Matt and bust open that door. But I guess if they were doing door in episode three, it probably they didn't want a double door. Double yeah. door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. but it is a moment of like high tension and yeah yeah (laughs) yeah and it was fun and then um uh perrin and Egwene, the jump uh we get split up into the proper groupings too we we get we get there so like next episode we will be able to talk about the plots yeah (laughs) instead of just like smash but i mean that's what happens like they are literally up until shadow logoth is when they the groups like split up into their different groups they split split up into the exact same groups (laughs) yeah it's all good that they split up into in the books yeah Mm -hmm. or in the book just like for the record because i go on the same trajectory yeah it's like all the all the basic plot lines are we just have a lot more fun with like land moraine and nynaeve yeah (laughs) so much fun that's a pretty. Well, we don't know that yet. Yeah, but no, okay. we're just the only the only thing we are missing is um, no bail domen. No, there's no, no bail domen. I didn't get that, and that's a really that fun do one. Do be a tragedy, Freaking, right? Doobie doo. What's his name? What's the guy? What's the name of the guy who gets kicked off the boat because of Rand and Matt? Gleb. Gelb. Gelb. Fuck Gelb. <laughs> Florid Gelb. Gelb. Gleb. Nah. Gelb? Gelb? Gelb. This is, G-E-L-B. Yeah. Sorry, is there a boat in the <laughs> TV Lauren show? Gelb. Is there a boat in the TV show? I don't think so. No. No, there is. No. My favorite moment, though, is like when, when Rand and Matt are paddling off on that log, it reminded me of going to the cottage like 
with my girlfriends when I was a wee <laughs> youth, getting out in the canoe and like tipping it and filling it with water until you could like flip it upside down. And then you'd have to like paddle on top of the canoe back to the dock when you're out in the middle of the lake. Cool. You were also watching. a fucking well, idiot as a kid. Just like us. I was like, uh... That's a really big floaty log. Like I don't know. It's it's like it's <laughs> bigger than the door placed. in Titanic. Like I was like, yeah, uh, but they both <laughs> survived. This is a log for two, yes. not yes. for one. Yeah, this that was a very the, from a TV show perspective. That was a big Gollum moment because Gollum hides on a log and nobody can see him because he kind of blends into the shape of the log as that's he's going right around. as he like follows. So them. that was a. I think that's not in the book. I know because they drown their horses escaping in the book but they um well they jump yeah they jump onto a boat yeah no Egwene's horse does make it i think yeah there's one of them bella of course of course bella makes it they don't all jump into the river though Mm -mm. no No, there's only a couple that perrin and like perrin finds his way we don't even know how technically we never get a death scene we did research on whether horses can swim and horses are great swimmers because their lungs are so big they like flow there's a solid chance that none (laughs) i did horse facts on it yeah because I, I had yeah, never heard of question. horses swimming, and turns out they can. Turns out they're fantastic. Oh, and man, you, can, like, you went to the wrong horse camps as a kid. Yeah. The horses float. <laughs> well, what do you think they use in I water I went into, polo? like, some deep rivers. <laughs> Not horse. <laughs> <laughs> that was the worst joke I've ever heard. I love joke. it. <laughs> I am a dad. And a granddad. <laughs> that was clever. I like that. <laughs> Uh, so, of course, the episode ends after oh. we get um, oh. a beautiful boat scene. Not quite the Bale Doman boat Not scene, quite. but at least Matt and, Par- Matt and Rand are on a semblance of a boat. Like um, half a tree. Like, what is this? A red wall boat, even- I'll call it. Whatever. <laughs> and the episode ends with Lan leaning over uh, Moraine, getting her some water, and then we get the knife to the throat which is so then, lord of the rings movies oh my uh, god arwen sneaking up and friggin aragorn oh being god. like oh what's this a ranger caught off his guard come on mm. except a little like a, a little more very angry much like that if you don't Where take are me they to them or I'll right now you. i'll you know what? slit your throat yeah. they're not lovers <laughs> in the scene but arwen and aragorn are lovers so like it makes sense I actually, it's embarrassing to me that I didn't make that connection. Oh my god, it's the same friggin' scene. What is this? It's literally a the same. Ranger. Where it's like, oh, injured person, the ranger trying to treat the injured person. Yeah, the yeah, person, yeah, yeah. The other, the lady, the pretty lady sneaking up, putting a knife to your throat. <laughs> and being <laughs> I... like, F you, buddy. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> so good. So also contrived for a movie because it doesn't happen in the books because uh, it's, it's Glorfindel. No, I know that. <laughs> uh, and for the I didn't know that for the yeah. TV for the TV it's not show. Not even Arwen who is like. Yeah, it's Glorfindel, and he was he was welcomed by them into the crowd. But anyway. Oh, Glorfy. <laughs> yeah, left out of the movie oh, completely. Yeah, His friends I call understand. him Glorf. So it's Glorfindel cool. and Tom Ma. Bombadil and Barrow Downs. I, I'm sorry. I just anyway. Of course. Uh, the um, 
I, it, it bugged me in the movie with Aragorn. It bugged me in the show with Lan. There's my I, Thor. I was going to actually ask. Is like a not not like okay. So here's a question for you. So we talked a little bit before we started recording. You're a gigantic Lord of the Rings fan. You read the books a million times, just like I read the Wheel of Time books a million times. But you were the kind of person who was able to read the books before, have a huge knowledge base, and then you got to see Peter Jackson's lord of the rings movies so with me for example i was like 10 i think when i got to see lord of the rings in movies and i i saw the movies before i read the books because i was like 10 years old or whatever so what was your i'm assuming you, you've seen the movie lord of the rings movies how do you feel about them a time or two. A couple times a year. You do know that we went to New Zealand and did like extensive no. Lord of the Rings Why would movie I know that? Touring, I don't know much right? about your family. Yeah, and you're like family vacations. <laughs> <laughs> you don't study my family vacations Weird. before coming to guest on this podcast. Is, is, that, is that public knowledge? <laughs> <laughs> it is not. Okay. <laughs> you yeah. do know. Okay, so just like generally when, you, when, the, when the Peter Jackson movies came out, how did you like them? Uh, well, actually, I remember watching the theater versions and being like, oh, my God, yeah. they left this out. Oh, they left this. Oh, this is really tough. Uh, and then we would always go and see it a second time. And then usually the second time I was calmed down and just going to let, let the story play out. Right. But once they released the extended versions, I've never gone back to watch the theater release because they cut too much Ooh. out of the yeah. uh, there's too much who important watches things. the theater release now, how would you <laughs> even do that yeah right? i don't know what's the point that was that was the first impression was the theater release right so here you have this yeah, two right. hour and 10 minute thing instead of this three hour and a half three and a half hour thing and they were completely different movies so I, I yeah i didn't love I didn't love the original release of the Peter Jackson movies, but I adored the extended versions because they were much more oh. Tolkien, Tolkien-esque. Even like the small thing, right? <laughs> like the in the extended, I think, is when we get the Lemba spread. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh. it's like the Legolas's infomercial for Lemba spread. <laughs> Lemba spread, yes. It's like one of my favorite moments in the entire movie because it's so campy and delightful. I and Orlando Bloom is just I've like only, Lemba honestly, spread. I, th I think I've only ever seen the extended. Yeah. I don't even know the different like what's in the extended version and what's not. So like I only have knowledge of the extended version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've seen because we yeah we saw. Like 2000, what was it? 2001, 2002, 2003. Yeah, it was literally like out, right? back to back to back. Yeah, they did All well. those years. Yeah. And I think, yeah, like the only time I've ever seen the theater release was those In the theater, yeah. yeah. And then, well, and then, then like and you that. buy the box. I've had the box set yeah. for. Yeah, <laughs> that's then, actually what we watched it on. We watched yeah. the box set. So then, then we would buy the theater release. And then about six months later, just before they released right, then the extended the, the the next movie, then they released the extended But when they first did it, yeah. we didn't know they were doing the extended version. By the time Return mm -hmm. of the King came around, I don't think we actually bought the theatrical versions like my bother. Yeah. Because it's gonna, yeah, this is garbage. It's gonna be coming out. Give me the cast commentary or give me death. Yeah. Right. <laughs> if I can't hear everybody talking about <laughs> Yeah. So then the just a yay or nay on Rings of Power. Love it. Somebody oh, wasn't good. listening to okay. our uh, yeah. thing. Uh, but it was it, because yeah. it's not... Danny has to be very careful about what she listens it's to. It's okay. Because I, I'm just, yeah. yeah. Just I watched The Rings of Power, but yeah, I can't, li I can't take it's in... It's too dangerous it's out too there. It's too dangerous a game so, yeah. for me as a... I'm, I'm not finished the Wheel of Time series, so I still need to be more gotcha. cautious than not. Uh, so what I liked about Rings yeah. of Power is they kept the Tolkien themes. At the beginning, it didn't seem like they were going to, but just 
just like um, Wheel of Time, it takes a while to lay it out, and that's when you find the this the, those writers are actually quite clever, and they figure out how to weave things through. As <laughs> oh, a, weird, I know, right? Like whoever <laughs> figured that out. Um, yeah. So, it, but all the stuff in Rings of Power weren't written in books for the most part. They bored a little bit here and there, but it was it's it, it takes place in the third age, second age, second age. Second Age. And the Second Age is uh, not documented by Tolkien a whole bunch, so they, they, oh, had, they yeah, had lots to play rain. with. Cool though. So. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. so watching, I would say the first time I watched Wheel of Time, I did this, I fell into the same trap where um, I had just read the book and the first couple of episodes was like, oh god, they changed that. Ah, oh, this isn't right. This isn't good. And then I went back and rewatched it a little bit before the later episodes came out and went, Let's just watch and see where yeah. it goes and watch where it builds. And yeah, probably by it's the time a different it medium. It doesn't play right. out. Yeah. Honestly, like if I, the world, was a shot for shot. And we've talked about this so much. And as much as I would love to have a shot for shot remake, it would be, be the so worst boring. fucking TV show It'd ever be a terrible if show. it was shot for shot. Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. So by the time episode five, six came around, I was a, I was a convert. Yeah. And I really enjoyed the uh, thing. But it takes a while to lay the foundation, right? So episode one, two, and three I mean, is yeah. foundation yeah. laying. Yeah. We can, uh, what Rafe has said about season two in terms of like what he's excited for is similar to what we've touched on earlier in this episode. He's basically said season one was all about introducing people to the world. Here it is. Here's how fucking big it can be. Here's all of the characters. Here's who you're going to care about. Here are like, here's the dragon. Here's everything else. Here's like so many themes thrown in your face. And then he said season two, he's excited just to sit with the characters yeah. for a second. Yeah. So just Less like world take a pause. And more world like yeah. expansion. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Just like being with those characters now that the world has been built. And I think, I think season one, like, I mean, like Game of Thrones season one, absolutely is one of the best seasons of TV out there, but that's because Game of Thrones itself is a novel. Yeah. Is so strong right. as like a standalone. You don't really yeah. need to explore that much of the world. It's just like you're on a journey. You go to a city, and all of the events take place in that city, and occasionally across the pond. But it's very isolated yeah. in the events. Eye of the World. When you're looking at the scope of fourteen books and a prequel is not that easy, especially because um, I was telling my dad this, but when I had the opportunity to chat with Michael Livingston, Ooh. not Michael Livingston, when I had the opportunity to chat with Michael Kramer, Kramer yes. who um, narrated, narrated Orig Origins, he said that uh, what comes out in Origins of the Wheel of Time are the themes that Robert Jordan really wanted to play on and amplify that didn't always make it into the book, but have now made it into the TV show. So cool. there's a lot more... Yeah like in the TV show that Jordan intended and is like part of the world that may not always be like surface level on the page of the books, yeah. if that makes sense. So Aaron, have you finished so, Origins yet? I'm, it's, <sighs> I, the audiobook was delivered to my library this morning and it's like 10 hours. Are you done? And unfortunately, we have jobs. <laughs> so yeah, I know. didn't get to do that just yet. I, um, yeah, unfortunately, I was like editing and doing other things, and my daughter only has one nap a day now. Come on. And it's not a 10 hour nap. Come on, kids. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, like, yes, cool. I'm getting to the part in the book, and this isn't a spoiler. Um, it's just talking about Robert Jordan's diagnosis. Um, so in uh, 2006, when he was diagnosed um, okay. with his heart, like, very rare heart condition. So I haven't yet cried reading it. 
but the tears are coming. Although I did get a little misty eyed listening or reading Harriet's um, forward. Oh, and I no. understand that she actually reads it in the audiobook. Oh, oh. no. Okay. So I was looking luck for it. And now that. it's just like an emotional. <laughs> oh, you got to be like ready. As as you, I was like, is it just going to be like facts stop. on facts of what's happening? Don't do it while you're like cleaning the bathroom. You're going to be playing. You're going to keep those ear pods in and just actually go to it. I, I understand. Yeah. I yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, cool. If I, if I remember correctly. And then correctly, we had the episode with Badass Nynaeve, and that's my favorite. Yes. Great, great part. That's yeah. very good. Um, and yeah, speaking of that, so uh, next week, thank you, internet. Um, next week on episode three, we're going to have the Barside Chat Boys. Oh, so we're going to cool. have Matt Hatch and um, Brian the Gleeman oh, here to fun. talk to us about episode three, which I think might be Matt's favorite episode still hmm. at Ooh. the end of the season, but we'll see. We'll see. And I don't know where Brian falls on that. So they're going to come and, uh, and uh, give their opinions on Very that cool. lovely episode. Um, but thank you so much, Danny and Brett, for coming on. We always conclude our episodes with a question of your rose and thorn from the episode. So oh. your favorite and least favorite mm. um, part. So okay. I'll put you on this. Oh, you know what? I'll toss it to Grayhame first while you think about it. Grayhame, rose well, and thorn. Well, I already talked about my thorn was the fact that the copycat from Lord of the Rings where Aragorn didn't hear Arwen. Arwen was an elf. I get that, but Nynaeve's no elf. And the fact that the great tracker land didn't hear Nynaeve approach. It was, yeah, great. Thanks Peter Jackson for that mm. tip. But that, I don't think, I can't imagine that would happen even though land was so, um, so focused. He has to be impressed by her tracking skills. Uh, how else will he fell in love with her? Yes. Because she's a good tracker? Okay. Yes. It's critical to their relationship. It's critical. I, I, mean, I mean, Perrin seems to like a wolf because it cleans a wound, so that's okay. Um, and I would say my rose, it's got to be the clothes. The, just that naive little close at the end. I mean, I love the I love the cold open, uh, but the power and the majesty of naive with the sword at the land's neck. So, yeah, I'm a little pissed that he didn't hear, but what a great shot and what a great way to conclude the episode. It was unexpected. It was there was no foreshadows to it. It was excellent. So, there's my rose and awesome. Yeah. Book readers didn't see it coming. Okay. <laughs> um, my thorn, I'm going to start with the bad so I can finish with the good. Sure. Uh, I've already mentioned it, but I am not in love with the Trolloc running. I just, <laughs> yes. I don't, I think it leaves something else. Like, it's just not my favorite thing I've ever seen, and that's probably it. Yeah. Um, right. I mean, my thorn and my rose is the white cloaks because I hate them, but then I love how much I hate them. So, like, that's kind of my <laughs> midpoint there. Because <laughs> I hate how much I love you, boy. Yes. Can't yeah. stand how Pretty much. much. But if we're talking you. about CGI, that whirlpool, that Terran Fairy whirlpool is like you liked it. phenomenal. Yeah. I love that. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty and good. then what did I like the most? Hmm. You were just naming things that you did you liked. I know, but what did I like the most? <laughs> but like, what is like, the most? You, you know, on that? rewatch, I wasn't it, those wasn't are it just the, the white yeah. Was it the white clothes? I mean, yeah. The, yeah. the cold open. Yeah, give me the full it's blossom. So good. I gotta go with Matt finding the dagger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's a good scene. Okay. That's it they, for they me. That, they played yep. that very well. So good. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then for me, I would say my favorite thing of this episode was the white cloak cold open 
because yeah. of the creation of the White Cloaks being a good bad guy. Right. I like a Actually good bad, a bad guy who's really good at being bad. And they did it for me in this episode. And it gave me a lot of hope for the season Ooh. overall because we watched this on like yeah. the first night. Yeah. So Yeah, that's yeah. true. And like lots of questions like how does he how does he yes, he cuts off their hand. <laughs> yeah. But how why don't they channel exactly because well, I mean, it fire. does leave like, that like so the implication that, find out, that right? they need so. their hands to channel like yeah. all that stuff so yeah we get an explanation yeah, there's so all much yeah. left to be like uncovered yeah. and i'm excited for that because yeah it's new and exciting and yeah. like what the fuck this is terrifying i love it i love it i love that fear of the unknown so yeah. and then my least favorite thing and this might be because i don't know enough but the wolves i always thought wolves were supposed to be bigger and those were just, dogs. Like, those were not wolves. Those were dogs. They they are dogs. So I do understand that they're dogs. No, no. Because like you <laughs> can't the, the you wolves can't have in the show. They weren't wolves. Set. Yeah, but they were just like yeah. big German shepherds, right? <laughs> they were dogs. Yeah. yeah. If you need were. to know, like they're dogs. They weren't actually wolves. Are they supposed to be wolves in the show? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But they're not. I I, I understand you actually have wolves. No, but that's the thing. I I know that you. Although what did Twilight do? Because Twilight had wolves. They yeah, did CGI. CGI. You know. Give me some. The bigger... wolves maxed out the budget. Give Actually, if you want some bad CGI, basically you want go back and watch that. Or or the or the the, the, uh, the werewolf I've in Harry Potter is that yeah the the comparison I've heard is wolves are bigger than you expect mm-hmm. and foxes are smaller, smaller than, than you expect. expect and the wolves Indeed. were basically dogs. Yeah, but okay. so uh, that's note they were. to the show like. To the showrunners and Hire stuff. Some just put real wolves. Can't. Get, or put there's gotta be some acting wolves out there. Costumes. Like where does there's Red Riding Hood? There's gotta we be can, wolves looking can't for Can't we like enlarge them? Yeah. Yeah, you can do, do stuff. the whole they, like they do, the done thing. Stuff. do the hobbit thing. Do the hobbit. You've never been to the Yamneska wolf dog sanctuary. There's lots of very nice wolf boys. Well, you could go up to Halliburton and get the. I didn't know that that bothered you. That's funny. That's a good one though. I like it. Big angry looking wolves. Real wolves. Yeah, I mean, he was a very good boy, though. They were. They are. They are good boys. Very good boys, Uh, and there were ten of them. Mm. So you know, group casting. I guess it's hard. It's hard to get ten wolves. You might get one wolf, (laughs) but like copy and paste. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Use that Peter Jackson technology for making a uh, making an army. Yeah, control V. Put me on the VFX team. Yeah, I got there you this. Go. We you're, got this. You're why hired. Why am I not hired? Yet? Why don't I have a job with them yet? I wonder. Okay. Uh, my rose, I think, is the moment between Matt and Perrin in Shadar Logoth. I really like when they just like take a second to dwell in the characters with a very, very close tie of Weep for Manethrin. Um, both the song and then Moraine's monologue. So those two are like, battling roses i guess we'd call it the war of the roses um i think that's what that means yes if i know history that's what it's about nailed it (laughs) uh and my thorn hmm Mm, i think it's when Egwene is at the top of the um Egwene and perrin are running from mashadar and they're on top and she just looks at him and she goes you ready and he just looks at her and goes (laughs) (laughs) so parent Uh, so parent of him to just not say anything and uh, sorry i guess uh because this is a podcast and you can't see my face uh just a very like small minute nod maybe 
just like blank stare is mostly yeah. what we get from him in that moment. And they they actually added in on the audio trailer. Do you remember when they were releasing audio trailers before the show dropped? And they actually added in a voiceover from Marcus Rutherford saying, no. Yeah. Oh my God, I didn't know that. <laughs> that makes it worse. <laughs> oh. nice. So, I don't know. I think I might have preferred that to just like fucking... But that's, yeah. but that's so parent of him. Like yeah. in the books, when he was waiting to leave Shadow Logoth, he just sat there for five minutes, just yeah, like he did. waiting, like a solid. Didn't know what to do. I go? Should I go? Should I stay? Don't know. I'm parent. I'm gonna think Should about I it for twelve now? hours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so good thing he had a grin to drag him over the edge. Yeah. Or he would have just been his eaten. ass. <laughs> that's parent. <Yeah. laughs> Uh, and I can't ask you about predictions for next episode because we know what happens. We've seen it. But, it's um, excellent. Love episode I guess three. I, I'm, maybe I'll start doing this. Prediction for when the season two <laughs> season two is going to premiere. No. God. 2023. Yeah. There's some, somebody Kate, on Twitter Mary, put a thing out there months. today saying, just just leaked. Uh, season two is delayed till 2026. Uh, the the trail on the that was bad wad takes be careful who you follow no, no, yeah. but never I think they were actually them. trying to be funny at least I assumed they were trying to be funny but yes. the, the trail of yes, comments underneath a, it was satirical. great and my favorite uh, Twitter person out there then did her when, default rant a good Canadian kid you know mm-hmm. now we're on day 279 and then she put below it uh, I get a little sad every time I write that number <laughs> Day two and of waiting for a release date yeah. of season two. I love that tweet. That's my daily I favorite say tweet. April. That's what you okay, say. April. Do you want to pick a day? You say April. March. I say either. Now that we know Carnival Row is premiering in February, um, February seventeenth, twenty twenty three. I think we're getting Wheel of Time. That's coming back for season two Jeez. in March, and ending at season two. Um, I think it's going to be between March and May, and April is between them. So, so I you take the Friday date, or do you take pick. the... So um, that's super cool. That's just right when I have zero time to do anything. I love that. Mm-hmm. That's excellent. Love this for us. It's going to be great. Love that. Ooh. Love that for me. So excited. That's terrible timing. <laughs> but, you it's know, worse than Christmas. Thursday, <laughs> Thursday nights. What are you doing at midnight? It's fun. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> I can Good watch Friday I have time for a show. <laughs> Good yeah. Friday is April 7th this year, so that would be the thing because it would be a good Oh, Friday. we're going to go to JordanCon. Yes, you are. So I will see you we'll at We'll be Jordan there Con. for sure. For Nothing sure. Nothing can stop us this year. Why would you say that? Last year, uh, <laughs> Dad, last year, Danny and Brett got COVID. The week of. Um, <laughs> the week of JordanCon. Yeah. Yay. We got to look after Super uh, fun. your little offspring. Your, what'd you call it? Crotch what? Yeah. Crotch goblin. Crotch goblin. Yes. We yep. have to look after your crotch yep. goblin. So she was four months old and I said, I'm fucking over this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, uh, it's funny because the weekend it. of um, Jordan Con <laughs> this coming up year is my mom's 60th birthday, like literally April 21st. And I said, for your birthday, I'm going to let you spend a weekend with your grandchildren. Isn't <laughs> that so nice of me? Welcome. Happy birthday. What she said. <laughs> She's totally on board. They're totally, they're like, yep, sounds good. I get this. 
Yeah. <laughs> so yes, we'll see you at JordanCon. Uh, what do you guys have coming down the pipe aside from some Winter's Heart analysis? Yeah, that's what we got. That's it. Yeah, yeah. We that's just what we're going. A couple chapters in, so yeah, yeah let's do this. When is when is the final recording date for the last chapter? Because I know you have Ooh. that in a spreadsheet somewhere. Well, two months from now, three months from now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we mm-hmm. we're on like chapter six right now, so there's yeah. 35 chapters, uh, two I'm chapters. Not saying apiece. you should. It's like, not saying you should live stream it, but you should live stream it. We occasionally do just that. Yeah, it, as yeah. long as it lines up with life and work and school and yeah, and we do else. have a <laughs> monthly Q and A that we yeah. record live on on our Discord. Um, so if you're not over on our Discord, you can join that channel. And at in the last in the week, sometime of every month, then we just host a just fun live Q and A, and that's always that's always lots of fun. And so you can find all the information for how to follow us and where to find everything that we do over on our website at thewheelweavespodcast.com. Awesome. Perfect. Yeah. Twill be linked. And of course, you can join their Patreon and pay them money every month because podcasting ain't cheap. (laughs) And uh, Danny needs some money for alcohol to do all the shots for the Harry Potter references. (laughs) That's right. I do do that. (laughs) And add Lord of the Rings references, too. Yes. Yeah. Oh, we're doing Lord of the Rings oh, now, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, okay. both. Yeah, and we're almost at the it. point where we're doing shots for the Office references because there's so many. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what <laughs> But thank you so much for inviting us and having us on. This was such a fun yeah, evening. Yeah, that was good. It was great to have you guys here. Um, thanks so much. Feathery Mountain Podcast can be found on all major podcasting platforms. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, still, TikTok, not yet. <laughs> TikTok I don't understand so how to tick- I don't understand I've how to tick-tack. so hard. <laughs> I'm not. It's I'm not doing it. Uh, <laughs> but I'll follow you. Um, and you can email us at featherymountainpodcast.com. And uh, for any non-constructive criticisms or comments about the casting and uh, how woke it is, especially on the day of this recording, which is November 8th, and big things are happening to the south of us, you can um, take that to uh, the blue wave at moraineforever.com. Oh, I was going to say direct that to the garbage can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nope. Okay. Uh, thanks so much for listening, friends. We'll see you next week. Bye. Namaste.